we are we are seconds away from talking more about um, add-on memory components made by third-party entities, and uh, we gotta we gotta bolt that shut before we because we're gonna, we're probably gonna mention botbots, and you can't say boobs and botbots at the same time because then you're you're just one brain skip away from saying boob boobs, and then you sound like uh, you sound like a degenerate. So you know, phew, phew. boobs. Phew. Uh, what the fuck's going on down there? T, T. Hello and welcome to WTF at TFW on February 25th, 2022. Uh, three days out, a hat trick of days out from 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 on Tuesday. Um, Aaron, what did you do on two 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 Tuesday? We thought about having tacos and then had pizza. Fair. That's fair. Uh, TJ, what did you do on uh, on Tuesday? The two 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 two. I reviewed Double Dinobot. You did. You DD'd on T T T T T T T T. Indeed, I did. Wow. That's fair. Uh, I. I, I sat on Twitter and amused myself seeing all the people who missed photographing a clock uh, on 22 seconds. Someone got one on 21, someone got one on 23, and they both seemed really deflated. Not you, mad, not not upset, just deflated. Just gonna let the listeners know that you are able to change clocks manually whenever you want. It's not the same. So these, these were these were like big clocks in transit stations or something. Like mm. they happened to be in the right. You can place. still change uh, those clocks. Just gotta work harder. <laughs> this, yeah. this is true. Hi, you do a heist <laughs> to yeah. say you were the one who got it. Uh, I also <laughs> what's saw. What's your router password? <laughs> hey, look, it's, it's important. It's for Instagram. Uh, I know. I saw someone say they also uh, pooped uh, at that second, so they could say they were doing a number two on Tuesday two 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 two. So there's a lot of a lot of creative uh, takes um, on that uh, vaunted numerical occasion. Um, we are not pooping right now, I think. I'm not going to ask. <laughs> I'm just making a professional assumption. Don't speak for me. Um, I mean, if y'all are really good with the mute mic, mute button on your mic, I couldn't keep a straight face. Um, we're going to, we're going to do some podcasting. And if you're listening to this on the toilet, then, you know, that's your, your right. Um, mm-hmm. feel free to let us, feel free to let Aaron know, um, if you are. Uh, sure. but yeah, we, we're... We're going to talk a little bit about, uh, we're going to open up with some Transformers Acquisition Inquisitions, uh, at which point I just sadly talk about all the Transformers I'm not getting. Um, I had to cancel uh, Select Black Zarek due to uh, January not uh, going as I had hoped, Uh, and then I received a happy Amazon Canada cancellation email uh, stating that they did not have enough terror sores. So uh, I I went 0 for 2 on the big January Transformers. I have not been out Transformers shopping in January, mostly because I was waiting for my booster shot, which I've I've been... <laughs> I almost... Okay, I'm just going to say it, and I'll leave it up to the editor, um, if they want to... I, I almost said booster shat as a past tense, uh, and maybe that is the past tense. I'll let the editor check that out. Um, but yeah, I, I went Transformers list. I even went to double-check my, my phone photographs. I was like, did I get something? Did I get something and just not remember? Maybe, but no, uh, I, I have not. I've just been uh, spending a lot of time with Transformers I already have. Uh, I spent a whole weekend with Ocular Max Assaultus, Bruticus, uh, once again, cementing that that is a really fun set of five figures, because I could just 
sit on the couch and transform them uh, back and forth while watching uh, shows on on YouTube for a day and a half and felt really, really pleased and satisfied doing so. So uh, that that's still a good set. So I'm going to bop over to you, Aaron. Did you get a hold of any Transformers? I did. Late? I did get Pterosaur. Oh, man. Did you get mine? Maybe. I don't know. I didn't have your uh, name on it. That's fine. Amazon never puts my name on things, yeah. apparently. Uh, well, well, uh, uh, I've, I've I, I can good. lead How with Parasaur among other things. Yeah, um, he's good. He is very much a a reskeletonization of uh, Air Razor. Mm-hmm. Um, the it follows the same transformation lines, but you know every exterior panel is different. I think. Um, mm-hmm. the The biggest things to watch out for are his. Arm spike things are taped to the back of the cardboard in a little tiny wrapped up piece of of tissue paper, uh, and and are very easy to to lose because despite it just really only going on the back of his arms, that is an entirely separate piece. So that I guess they could still have the back of the arm peg hole function hmm. that so much of these lines have now. And they're like, hey, that's a requirement. That's in the, that's in the DDMs and EPMs to the engineers out there that'll chuckle a little bit at that. That like, hey, these are in the requirements and it has that, so we must. And I don't know, you could maybe lose those. If I, you I didn't say it, I was gonna... just. Yeah, I'm assuming it's easier just to remold Airazor's missiles than remold the entirety of the forearm. Yeah. Oh, those. Yeah, those would. I forgot about her missiles. Those would be taking mm-hmm. the missile spot technically. That, that makes sense. It, it could be a thing about about dimensions of molding and etc. Yeah, I mean it. It very well could be that you know I I like I said I don't have an air razor about to see if that are if that piece just was like completely unaffected in between the two versions and that mm-hmm. way it's one less thing that they're having to 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 remold or reshoot or something. But uh, beyond that, about my only real issues is. Um, He's got hit the the like wing pieces are on like a flat disc mushroom peggy thing, and they like to come off really well. <laughs> I have heard I have not heard a single pterosaur owner say that was not a problem. So that seems to be pretty yeah. universal. Yeah, I I saw somebody actually that had some red uh, gunpla sprue that was the same color as pterosaur, and oh, you wow. could cut a little a little nib of it. And jam it in the, like the 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 hole of the mushroom, the split peg mushroom, bit, in order to force it the jaws open and make them like solid. How many people do you think hit so, them up for more snippings from that sprue? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, yo, yo, dog. Uh, what would be the odds of getting a hold of some of that from you? You wanna you wanna democratize that red sprue out while you still got some extra? Mm-hmm. You only got the one pterosaur, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, beyond that, he's got basically the same like quirks that the Air Razor mold had. That makes me oh, really and, want to pick one up. Yeah, and it comes with a golden disc that I didn't even undo the wire ties on because it's the same <laughs> golden disc that like Rodimus or that um, the Ark. There were two uh, of those that the Ark had two of, and yeah, that was just uh, nothing. Sorry, that noise, was, that noise was Uber Eats uh, wanting to remind me that I saved $16 on my previous order. Oh, good job. Um, 
I was going to say, I've, I've caught something in one of the discords I'm in from folks who have Ark and Pterosaur. Apparently, Pterosaur's golden discs have a, a, quite a varying degree of not very saturated in gold going on. Uh, like, and it, it's like there's a gradient that's been photographed um, here and there. Like, some of them are just duller. Some of them look like they actually just don't have gold, that they're just like a dull brown. Uh, it's highly unimportant. I didn't even take mine out. Like I said, I didn't even take mine off the ties, so it could be only painted on one side. It could have profanities on the back side. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I was going to say, like, it's probably not the biggest deal in the world because it's a flat disc, and if, like, like if you want it to be gold, I mean, a grand saying, go get some paint, but also it's pretty straightforward thing to paint up. But it's, it's interesting that apparently the hue on it has varied for some folks, because it you know, makes you idly wonder while you're brushing your teeth. Like, huh, I wonder how that happened. And then you forget mm-hmm. about it. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, Pterosaur, dang. I hope I can get a hold of one. I still have many chances to get Orange Tigatron on Amazon Canada. He doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Um, yeah, I, I think I I saw Amazon like, hey, this is like what you want. <laughs> we've, we've got a bunch. Y'all want to just hook me up with a Pterosaur? I'll buy one of those if you send me a Pterosaur. That would be cool. Uh, yeah, I, I would uh, like to get Orange Tigatron at some point. But um, yeah, I'm glad to hear Pterosaur is, uh, is at least up to par on reports. Um, and uh, and congratulations on getting yours. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the ball over to TJ here for one. Uh, TJ, have you got any Transformers of late? I mean, I could also go on about Pterosaur if I really wanted um, to. Is is yours um, also of loose wing yes. hinge? And okay, I yes. was hoping maybe someone. Would... Uh, do you, do you want some of those red sprue bits? Someone tell me what kit they came from. It might be a kit I already have. That's what would be the best information to get out there because Bandai would love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, did you uh, did you get the golden disc out on yours? Yes, I did. Um. Does it look remotely different from the arcs? <laughs> I have no idea. I have not put a direct comparison up yet. I, so I was going to say, I, f- I fully admit this isn't the most interesting line of discussion necessarily. No. Uh, it more amuses me the fact that I own three golden discs because it it, it, yeah. it means that it means the temporal waves have shaken up considerably. That's why. That's why Canada ran out of pterosaurs and have a glut of orange tigatrons. It's all that temporal, uh, you know, uh, hurricanes and stuff. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, see, that's what happens. It's like, you, you kill a butterfly in the past, and in the present, Hasbro thinks that orange tigatron's gonna sell a lot better, so they overproduce that one. Damn it! Well, is your uh, is your pterosaur otherwise uh, feeling feeling up to it? Did you remember or, or notice the the paper envelope of arm fins, etc.? I I did I did I I believe Kingdom has taught me to search every nook and cranny of a packaging before I dispose of it. At this point, mm-hmm. yeah, me too. I've, even when I know there's nothing, I'm still double checking. I, I was when I I think I saw knee stuff was the first person I saw talk about the paper envelope on Twitter, and I was like, oh boy. That's that's well beyond yeah. <laughs> uh, some well, of the last so, few. <laughs> so like I felt really good that I, I I noticed that right off the bat, and then just in the course of like having him sit there, I had those wing pieces on the table, and then I moved something, and I just heard, it's like oh, oh crap, <laughs> okay, 
Turn off the light, flashlight down on the floor at a parallel. Okay, there's one. <laughs> Where's the other one? I can't find it. Uh, TJ, did you just get yours connected and keep them connected? Uh, yeah. Yes. It's not not really as... Might as well glue them in. There's no real point to them yeah, leaving. It's, it's what I did immediately afterwards. <laughs> I was going to ask, because on Air Razor, you can kind of leave the missiles in there, but it's not very pleasant compared to taking them off for transformation. Mm-hmm. On Pterosaur, I'm guessing it doesn't really matter. It does matter. It does? It doesn't. Oh, okay. I, I, I said that and then coughed a little bit, but hit mute. <laughs> well that explains everything thank goodness uh tj um yeah i guess any other terror sore thoughts or uh or do you want to especially I, I, yeah i would echo everything from aaron it, it, it's a it, it's it's a big turkey with a bunch of robot junk for a belly it's, hell it's yeah uh Delicious. for anything new uh, hmm so let's just put it out on the table here. I pretty much have the entirety of the new Studio Series waves. I thought I you were about to say thing out of the new Studio Series wave. I thought you were about to say ravaged. Legacy, and I was like, "How?" <laughs> I forgot about Studio Series. No. Uh, well, what's um? I guess what's what's the Aaron? What's the one you've got? Ravage. Oh yeah, the little core Ravage. Um, yeah, TJ. Let's start off with core Ravage, then we can we can weave mm-hmm. Aaron in, and then. Hit all the other stuff. Uh, Ravage in no way feels like something I should be paying extra money for. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a lot of confused photos on Twitter ever since people started picking that up. Uh, was it one of you guys yeah. or was it someone else I saw who was like, what does this turn into? <laughs> like, that was basically the photo. was like, did I do it? <laughs> yeah, it turns into a cube. Not even a cube. Like just a box, a rectangle, and yeah, yeah, and once you get sound wave, then you start figuring out what you did wrong in that particular box, so you have to get him boxier. <laughs> does he? And he he only comes with a sound wave accessory, right? Or does he come with ravage? He comes weapons. He comes. He comes with his two little hip missiles. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, you can put and, them on the a, box and a gun, and, and he's got what appears to be like the end of one of Soundwave's guns. Yeah, so you, you, yeah, he's you got could... that little tip. You could manufacture, like, a little space fighter, then. Like, it's a box with, with guns on it, but it'd be, you know, a space invaders kind of thing. Very, very much a box. <laughs> you, you, you'd, you'd need a really strong imagination to pull something else off. I mean, here, okay, here's what I'll say. G1 Ravage, with both weapons connected to cassette mode, I have managed to convince myself is a space vehicle. Because there's fins on the weapons. So I'm like, alright, he's a spaceship. Uh, there's no, there's no aerodynamics in space. I can make it whatever. Precisely, Aaron can't come at me about this one. Yeah, just, no. I mean, anything, yeah. anything flies with enough thrust. Exactly. Um, here's the, here's the part of Ravage that's going to frustrate you once you actually get Soundwave. He come. One of his accessories is this little tiny backpack. Looks like like a floodlight that goes right on top of his back. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you fold him up into cube mode. You have to take that off to get him into Soundwave, and there is no other yeah. place on Ravage to store it. So yeah, it goes, it goes on his underside. Does it? I didn't yes, see. it does. It shows it in the instructions. The the hole oh, that like, you put the gun. Oh, like I the, pay attention to those. Yeah, the hole that like oh. you put 
the sound waves gun in when he's a, a cat thing. So that mm. it looks like he's got a okay that he's writing. You you put the little square pack thing on that. Oh, that. Okay, I I, I rescind the complaint. That works. Mm-hmm. What's really funny it's to still me? Still silly. That little so that little pack is a, is a little missile launcher. I only know this because of the three zero version of Soundwave and, and Ravage. Uh, on the three zero version, that little thing had to parts form as well. And I kind of just assumed on the Hasbro one they'd f- have it flip into something. So I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of chuckling that <laughs> Hasbro hit the same problem three zero did somehow. Of like, wait, where does this go? Wait, there is nowhere for this to. Go. Oh no, <laughs> take it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Hasbro, you know, has a place for it to peg in. On three zero, you just set it aside. But yeah, it, it's actually a little missile launcher. It's just that you'd, you'd have to go up to like twelve inch sound wave scale, I think, to see the missiles. Um, but I'm, hey, that's that's good to know. There's a place to put it, at least. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the toy itself still barely does anything. Like, is it very poseable? It's pretty poseable for like its size because it's a quadruped so it gets weird each of its legs has like four joints and the neck goes up and down the mouth opens and closes and his tail goes up and down and he kind of he has like a little bit of a weird hip joint that's part of the transformation if you really like kind of broke his hip (laughs) like his pelvis down some you could get him to do like a little bit of like hunchy dog outside trying to do his business action. Here's my other question. Um, given that we're in a world that, that includes 52 toys and beast box, when he turns into a, a box, I'm, I already got the impression from TJ. Maybe this isn't the case. Does he have definitive locking points for box mode? Yes. Okay. That's part of like what, like you think you have it in the box. And then you realize that, like, his legs are still loose, so you have to, like, find the right three things to rotate something funky to to get it all the way to box. Yeah, because that's my only real demand. Like, if something has to turn into a box for a sound wave, it's like, that's fine. Just, like, I want tactile feedback that I got there. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, let me know, I guess. <laughs> uh... Well, TJ, I'm also assuming you got Soundwave. So, uh, does does I mean once you get him in the right shape, like is it is it a play pattern? Does he does he pop in there nicely? Oh yeah, like it's it's. I get a little bit frustrated with the Netflix Soundwaves because he like sometimes they wedge in there a little bit too tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, no, uh, Ravage fits the Voyager Soundwave buttery smooth, even with the like the hip missiles attached and everything. Excellent. Uh, yeah, and like in any direction too. So it's like it's not like oh well the mis- the hip missiles have to be on the right side pointed up. No, like it just it just goes in. That's the other thing I was wondering about. That like if if it's not fiddly with those parts, then that it sounds like it's a it's up my alley more or less. Um, Aaron, are you uh just to just to ask this, the really silly question? You in the market for a sound wave? Probably. Uh, uh, It just seems like everybody around me is still in the, like, Target has, like, moved its shelves around. 
but only managed to find like middle of last year, middle 2021 stock to put on some pegs. Uh, the two Walmarts I've been into town to in town recently, like one of them just had one ravage sitting on the peg, um, which they got a bunch of stuff apparently, but it was empty except for that. And for the, the beast wars, Scorponok, like the, the, the reissue. Yeah. Um, but then like, a bunch of rat traps from before. Like everybody's found a bunch of older stock and kind of put that out to like fluff out the shelves, but it hasn't been like a full and here's wave one. I don't know if that's waiting for legacy to happen and go everywhere or, or what's going on. (laughs) I would uh, like, since you're, since you're in the, in the position to be able to, to comment on it, do you think ravage, carries much weight as a standalone purchase i mean i I kind of would assume no but if you're somebody that's listening to our podcast it's not a bad purchase maybe i mean Mm. it's more expensive than it really should be but hey that kind of feels like everything right now yeah Um, but were i absolutely against the idea of purchasing a sound wave would i buy ravage no yeah, there's nothing in him that like reveals itself as a standalone experience. Yeah, there, there's there's nothing thrilling about him. No. Yeah, um, the the fact that he his, comes with with a piece for Soundwave's gun kind of says a lot already. But I figured right, I'd ask. Right. He, he, he to me kind of feels like something that may may come to the other side in having Soundwave of like, yeah, th- these started out together. And yeah. then at some point in time, it was like, oh, well, I mean, if you want to put paint on Soundwave, you've got to find, <laughs> like, $4 in other savings on this per unit. And somebody went, well, what if what if we made Ravage its own thing? And then that's how they came up with everything in that line of, like, what should have come with another toy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, opposable Witwicky. Okay, yeah, that's a good idea. Oh yeah, okay, I get you. Because I was gonna, I was gonna say that's this is feeling like a really weird long term dig on iguanas. I forgot about the the Witwicky exosuit. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right, and what well else then... is in that? What else is in in that wave? Is it also uh, Sky Shock Sky wave? Warp Shockwave? Um, shockwave. Yeah, it's a movie like Bumblebee movie Shockwave yeah. in Core Class. Um, Curious how that one looks alongside Core Class Megatron Starscream Soundwave because I, I I like at least the duo I have I still haven't seen a Soundwave but mm-hmm. um, curious if you can just kind of slot them in there um, but that that said um, TJ I feel like the the next logical place to go is not Shockwave but Soundwave woo um, to which I would just I would quickly ask you probably didn't have as long to potentially have this experience do you think if someone got Soundwave they would really need to get Ravage, or do you think Soundwave stands on his own? All right. I mean, I I I feel like I'm in the minority that likes Soundwave's vehicle mode. I like it too. I think it looks great. Uh, we're gonna both eat big uh, buckets of dirt for saying it. I suspect. I suspect. But I am. I'm with you. I think that vehicle mode's fine. I think it looks really cool in some photos. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the hover ship with these these like like beetle pincer claws in the front. Like, yeah, I, I dig this. Like, I'm not going to tell um, someone they should like it, but I'm I am happy to support anyone who thinks it looks cool and is feeling like the eyes in the room are watching them for saying it. I got your mm-hmm. back. Yeah, uh, he's not a he's not a terribly complex figure. 
But what he does do, I really like. There's a lot of parts on him that unfold that I wasn't expecting to in order to create his his vehicle look. Like, like, like he's like his shoulders are comprised of like two separate panels that hinge up to create like the back end of the vehicle. Yeah. It, it's well, those, you know, so like I said, just arms tucking behind him or something. When he's got like the thing that won me over was the later photography that showed the the kind of panelage that forms over his waist kind of area as well, waist and groin area. So it's not like like it 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 went from those are literally his legs to like okay, there's like an actual vehicle shape now. Um So that yeah, that that's also kind of what won me over. Um Yeah, that's that that, really that part for. is cool. Yeah, that part is cool. I I like how like there's like so the part that becomes like the cockpit in that front section that covers up the pelvis, mm-hmm. like all that unhinges at the top, and then the pelvis section rotates around to collapse up, and then the whole thing rotates around and then folds back down in the same spot to create the back. I love that kind of stuff. Mm. If it feels good, at least I love that kind of stuff. Like motion. I I, I had to sit there and draw that out of my brain. That's that's the I mean that this is this is kind of like um, skipping ahead a bit, but I mean that's the impression I got big time on the on the Autobot Deluxes as well is like it seems like there are some very specific geometric motions happening that give like this okay, visually oh it's just turning into a shape and it's like yeah but if we didn't do this it would look less like a shape and more like a man lying down um, if that makes any sense. I will say, like, the first time I am tra- I transformed into vehicle mode, it's a little bit hard to get a lot of the panels to line up. Part of that is because the joints on mine are actually pretty tight. So it's not like I, mm. I, I can't, like, specifically wiggle everything into position like I normally would. Like, his hip rotation especially is, just, like, really in there. I'm trying to I mean, transform yeah, yeah. him back now, and he's fighting me. I guess between between the two extremes, like that's the one I would pick if I had to pick one. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not scary tight. It's just like I can't wiggle this at all tight. Yeah, I mean, it's a slight tangent, but this is like my my on my growing concern with my uh, my Studio Series Hot Rod is one of his shoulders has about ten degrees of motion that is just dead ragdoll loose, mm-hmm. as though like the the circular piece that forms that friction hinge has, has a bit missing or something. Uh, and I'm like, I, I would rather this were too tight than this wiggling that's going on. Uh, I'm glad to hear the transformations got some meat to it. Cause I mean, that, that's, that was probably my biggest concern given that he's at Voyager price point And that's now becoming a very pricey price point, especially in Canada. Yeah. Um, I, he, he, he like for a Voyager, he does feel nice. He feels nice and solid despite having like, a completely hollow core, core, because that's like what he has to have—a sound wave. Yeah, that—that's the conf- uh, whenever, like, whenever you catch that from someone as a as a con on a sound wave figure that has a, a gimmick like that, you kind of want to shake him. You're like, "What did you kind of?" Sp- <laughs> kind of. I will say, I will say this: part of the advantage of that, like, more simplistic transformation he's got going on, the door is still available at the bottom of the ship mode, so you oh! can you can like you can drop Ravage out of him. That's mm. perfect. I like that. That's, that's pretty what I, cool. That's what I liked about Siege Soundwave is that like his door was like it was mounted such that it was like almost a, a, a hangar bay for the cassettes to fly out of yeah. the spaceship. Yeah, mode. it yeah it, it it reminds me of Cybertron Soundwave and dropping laser beaks. 
Yeah, I'm into that. Uh, these these are all these are all ways to make Soundwave do the thing without having to turn into just like an inanimate box. Um. All right, I'm 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 nicely hype for that Soundwave. Uh. I, he was also like I'm, I'm. I was excited for him. He also was kind of the one I was the least. I was the least excited to mess with out of all that upcoming studio series stuff. So if he's hitting it, then I'm. I'm feeling good about that wave. Um, should we proceed on to other things from that wave? Uh, yeah, absolutely. What else would you like to know about? Uh, let's let's quickly hit the other. Do you have the other core class, Shockwave? Yep. I always forget if he's wave one. Um. How is he? Because he's weird. He doesn't seem to exist for, like, reasons of synergy. He just seems to exist. So I was kind of curious yeah. about how he turned out. Uh, for what he is, he's nice. He he makes a nice little core class figure. I I I compare him like on my like, on my happiness scale, he's somewhere along with Rat Trap in the core class. Okay. Uh, yeah, he very much feels like uh, Prime Shockwave, just in a, like a little miniature. In a little miniature form, maybe he he gets a little bit flatter in vehicle mode than that one. Yeah, but there's nothing terribly like complex to say about him. Yeah, uh, like as long like, as if, if he's hitting rat trap tier, that's like you know the bare minimum, basically. Like yeah, you you want to be a rat trap experience at, at core class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a fun little thing to goof around with. So yeah. Uh, yeah, not not too, not too much to say, but yeah, he he's, he does he does a good job for being a little guy. Well, from there, um, were there three deluxes? Four, four deluxes. Is one of them Perceptor? One of them is Perceptor. All right. Sorry, it's it's given how I've not been to stores, it's double weird trying to remember what ships together. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess um. I think maybe we'll save Perceptor for the end since we're already on the, into these uh, Bumblebee movie designs. Uh, out of those Autobots, um, who which one is, uh, is? I'm trying to remember who they are. There's Brawn and there is Ratchet. Who's the third one? Wheeljack, right? Not RC because uh, RC just got Toy Leak revealed on YouTube. What a timeline we're in. Uh, okay. Um, then I, I guess the one I'm most excited to hear about is Braun, so I'm just going to ask you how Braun turned out, because he's the one that really seemed to, to do something for me. Braun is a fun little guy. Hell yes. Yeah. I do, I do. The robot mode is actually kind of impressive, because like, he's just round everywhere. Like there's, there's nary a block on him in any way, shape, or form. Everything is just rounded off, and that doesn't normally work in Transformers, but Braun makes it work. Like robot posability is good. Like everything, like everything I'm talking about here, posability is good. He's got a little bit of a butterfly joint effect. Like his, like uh, the the weird way they did his bicep rotation is like just below the shoulder joint, and the armor is cut so that it can rotate inward a little bit, so you can give him some like good rifle poses. Oh, nice. Uh, the vehicle mode does have the detraction of, like, the top of it is just, like, an open gap. Like, where his head tucks down in. Uh, there is something, like, there is something kind of cool about, like, the entirety of the top of his vehicle mode 
it's like, it like clamshells together in order to create his robot mode chest. And like when you finish the transformation, it just closes Bronze's whole body together. It's kind of neat. Oh man, yeah. I'm, I'm just looking at um, looking at a, fo- a photo again. Um, I kind of see what you mean about the gap. I'm sort of seeing what you mean about it closing together. That sounds very satisfying. That is. That is. Uh, it's a cute. It's a cute little like drill tank armor car whatever mode. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that the drill is optional. If you can, you can fold the socket down, and there's a little grill instead. They uh, they talked that up a lot on either one of the no, it wasn't it was either a stream or it was a Zoom call that was called out as a very specific. Um, I think it was a Hasui-san thing that was very specifically figured out. I, good call, because in case you lose the in, in case you lose the drill, because yeah, yeah, like in robot mode, the only place to store the drill is a little three millimeter peg on the back. So yeah, good to have a backup. Oh, I'm excited for that brawn. Um, yeah, that because that transformation just it like you can see where all the parts go, but they don't go places that your human body can put them, and so that's like this is really exciting to want it like it's the thing i want to mess with <laughs> i will i will i will i will warn like he is definitely the smallest of the whole batch of course you know he is a deluxe mini bot even if he is movie design so fair yeah. warning well yeah and i mean that's that's where you also end up with things like a you know a drill accessory and uh the kind of the bulbousness i'm guessing of of uh like in three dimensions of his upper body um well then, uh, I guess I guess uh, bopping over uh, to I think one of the other first ones we ever saw that Wheeljack. Um, how did how did he turn out? Wheel Wheeljack vexes me a little bit because the robot mode looks fantastic, though mine doesn't. Mine does not want to hold together as well as I would like. Mm. It's just something about the way his torso pegs together that it comes apart a little bit too easily. Like I love the look of the robot. Like he looks phenomenal. He's got a lot. Uh, thanks to the transformation, he's got a double jointed elbow on top of all the other standard articulation. So he's Hell yeah. a, a little bit step above. I still haven't figured out how to transform him smoothly. Like he's got a really complex set of leg parts that flip around and twist that I I still can't quite get a fluid motion out of. I'm just flipping through photos. I can kind of see what you mean. Um, yeah, because yeah, that front stuff ends up. yeah that yeah because the front shin comes up and then rotates around over the thigh for the transformation and then that hip that like side shin section rotates as well and it, every time I try to go it cl- starts clipping onto things. Uh, it's uh, it's weird to explain. It's a yeah, weird yeah. way to exp- like verbally explain. Like would you would you say to, to in a capsule that there's a lot of you're finding a lot of collision of stuff in motion? Kinda, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's one or you just have to you just have to work it enough times and then you figure and then it's like oh well I was just an idiot or if it, if it's just a problem child I'm not sure yet. And I'm sure I'm sure we can get we'll get folks in the thread if anyone has tips. Uh, not even just for us, but for anyone who happens to be coming through. Because, um, yeah, it, it was order of operations, things like that. Usually, not always, but usually there is some kind of intended order, which is usually never communicated clearly in any instruction material. 
Uh, so it's kind of up to the rest of us to sort of deduce it. Um, that's a shame. But also, if if there is a flow in there, then, you know, in the long term, it's probably fine. Because it looks like the vehicle mode turns out like a, a nice shape, like a nice kind of wedge. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Like the shape. vehicle mode looks, yeah, the vehicle mode looks super cool. Yeah. I hadn't I hadn't looked into any feedback on him yet, so I, uh, I'm not sure if that was an issue other people had faced. I have I have little to add other than I think he looked cool. Um, but I had missed the double jointed elbows. That is also really neat. Uh, I'm I'm just flipping over to a photo now on Ratchet. Does he also have any cool? No, he doesn't seem to have double jointed. Oh, he just has big thick elbows. Um. How did how did Ratchet turn out? Because he is one where I really I really like the vehicle mode shape on that one. Yeah, again, again, like super cool look in both modes. I like really dig the design on Ratchet and all of that. I will say, packing him in robot mode ends up with a rough experience when you transform him for the first time because the robot to vehicle isn't all that smooth until you get used to it. Mm. So that that. It's 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 a it's not a bad first impression, just not the best. When you go back to robot mode, there's magic going on. Just the way that the Cheska, because it's one of those like the entire torso goes inside out in order to create the ro- the vehicle mode and vice versa. So when it all opens, like open like blooms like a you know like an onion. Blooms yeah. like an onion, and, and then recollapses on itself, and then that front section like accordions perfectly to wrap itself around the torso and around Ratchet's head. That feels so good. Oh, that sounds awesome. I, I know what you mean about about transformations that feel way cooler one way than the other. I I, I can't name them now. I know I've had this the same experience with with uh, stuff being packed in robot mode and going like, oh, if if you'd shown me the other direction. <laughs> Uh, actually, Core Class Megatron is an easy one. That one, um, going from bot to tank is borderline confusing if you didn't go from tank to bot, I think. Um, a smaller toy, but still a similar thing. Th- that sounds so cool, though. I-, I didn't really keep up with any of the leak coverage on these, so I-, I didn't really know how Ratchet worked, other than some of the bits of his legs. Uh, that sounds really cool. And it- does it feel uh, pretty good when you're doing it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you know, like I said, like when when you're like collapsing everything together and it all just kind of goes where it's supposed to go, it does feel like really cool. Yeah, that that reminds me of uh, like that description always reminds me of Masterpiece Ironhide having a similar thing go into truck mode. Mm. Like just all the parts just go shkunk. They like this, they they move and flow and lock together as though they were just supposed to. Uh, would you would you say a- that you would you would be down for an Ironhide version of this? So I would actually be more down for an Ironhide version, mostly because mm-hmm. there's already reports of this one yellowing. Oh uh, yeah, I mean that's that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Something bad got in the plastic mix on this one. Apparently, uh, I, I've I've been mine's, mine's about, fresh from the box. It looks fine, but I've been hearing that about a lot of white plastic transformers from the last two years. So. If, on the quote unquote bright side, it seems like that's currently just how things are going. <laughs> uh, that's good to know. It's not just yeah. me. I'm kind of I've tried to just come to terms with stuff yellowing fast. Uh 
since it's, it's seeming it seems like it's just a somewhat common thing right now for whatever chemical reasons um it certainly doesn't have to do with exposure to daylight because it's just happening to some toys so i'm yeah. just trying to accept that like okay this is just part of the experience with these right now not like a good part it's just a part so <laughs> um yeah i don't have any anything positive to add to that but yeah Ironhide certainly, hopefully, I say, <laughs> hopefully won't have mm-hmm. a similar problem. Um, well, then let's uh, let's hit up Perceptor because I uh, know a couple folks who got Perceptor and have been talking up to the moon about Perceptor, and that's exciting because I was hoping this Perceptor would turn out to be like you know good studio series. Uh, how have yeah. you been feeling about Perceptor? So, Perceptor is an interesting beast. Um, so. He doesn't do a single thing wrong at all. <laughs> he is a dead solid figure. He doesn't overcomplicate anything. He's feels and is actually quite a bit bigger than your standard deluxe. I got him next to uh, Kingdom uh, uh, Sideswipe on my desk right now, and he's a good head taller. Mm-hmm. So he's he's got some excellent parts to him. Um, I don't know if this is even going to be audible, but I can give it a shot. Anything? I heard a distant. I heard, I, a, heard, I heard a little, little. Fun- well, yeah, it's it's a little it's a little soft, so I, probably the audio is not carrying. The the par- the uh, par- I was going to call it a periscope. What am I doing? The microscope piece actually does have a ratchet joint in it. I could hear it when you were talking and moving it. That sounded really loud. Okay, that's weird. Because oh, is there we go. That, the... I, that I heard. It's probably just some soundgate thing. Yeah. yeah maybe. Oh, that, that's actually a good point. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't know that part was ratcheted. Yeah, just a it's, yeah, it's just like a little like, and it, it doesn't sound like like a like a soft plastic ratchet. Like it sounds like there is something in there. It's just it's hard for me to confirm that, but it, it's. Yeah. Does nice it appear to change condition. the focal length looking through it? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no. Okay. That said, I would have asked the question if you hadn't. But the... <laughs> uh, I don't know. You you could have theoretically you could have an irregularly shaped spherical piece in there that, as you turn the knob, it adjusts the angle and could potentially change optics. We're just laying it out for a third party accessory and upgrade developer. By the way, <laughs> yeah, to step it's, in. <laughs> it, it, looking at the photos, it appears to be mounted by a single. Phillips head screw can drop a a real little microscope on there and before you make a bunch of light blue pieces to stick into every single open gap in the thighs uh, consider being brave uh, and Mm -hmm. (laughs) doing something like this advancing the world of science (laughs) over Uh, just 3D printed plastic peg fillers I will say those are completely valid. I, I get why people like to buy them, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, aside from the, the sick ratchet joint, um, any other fun tactile stuff on him? That that took me completely by surprise. I mean, he is absolutely solid. He's back, like, he's a studio series, so he is using ball joints, which I'm... It's weird after, a uh, like, a trilogy of figures that refuse to use ball joints for any, like, classic designs. Hmm. That was, so that was odd. But you know what? But, like, like I said... He doesn't do anything wrong at all, but it's also because he is extremely simple as a figure and a design. You know, 
his, his, yeah, that's Mike, a bad thing though. No, it's not. I didn't. Nothing about it is like a bad thing. Yeah. You know, like I said, like it's not doing. It's not complicating itself. It's not doing anything that it doesn't have to, just for the sake of being like, you know, twisting or turning more parts or like trying to turn inside out. He doesn't need to do any of that, so it doesn't. Yeah, I guess like uh, the slight converse would be Studio Series Jazz, like doing those couple of odd hinge things in the chest and with the backpack. Um, where there is, like, a sort of specific order of operation, uh, there's, like, you know, a little bit of mass displacement for the sake of achieving a certain robot mode shape, etc. Like, Perceptor, you know, doesn't really have to do any of that, given what he turns into, I'm guessing. Um, yeah, I would say the, I'd say the only thing weird to him is, like, I wish that, like, the, the rotation on his thigh he uses to transform to the microscope mode had a little bit of a, more of a lock to it. No, it's a little bit loose. It's, it's not. It's not loose, but I could see if it becomes loose, it's going to be a problem. Hmm. Like uh, he might tip forward a bit. I'm guessing. No, 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 no. It goes sideways. So it's oh, just weird when you. Okay. Mani- it's just weird when you manipulate. Like you move, try to move the leg forward, and then it just like breaks at the thigh. Right. Right. Like it's we like try. The... To, yeah. Like we. Yeah. Like we try to open up the leg sideways. Yeah. And the hips oh, it's don't like goes far. Like that pinned joint in the middle of the thigh. Yeah. I see what but you like, mean. That's, that's literally it, and that's just be careful with it. But if it, if if you got a bad one, or if you wore yours down, I could see that being an issue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like a little a little kind of detent lock feel would have been probably nice in there. But yeah, I can see what yeah. you mean. Um, it's good to that, hear yeah. he's got. It's good to hear he's got that size as well. Like those those the that size coupled with the overall look of all the modes and the simplicity, like, all seems like it gels together. Like, he's bigger maybe partly because he doesn't have to have so many parts um, interlock and fold in various directions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah like, I'm I'm, compa- I'm comparing him to uh, his Wavemate Wheeljack right now. Uh, he's two heads taller than Wheeljack is. <laughs> uh, big old giant perceptor, the big tall yeah. British brain, as they call him. Yeah. Uh, giant mm-hmm. buff scientist, man. <laughs> it sounds sounds like that deluxe wave for the most part is a is a success. Like if the if the weakest part is uh Wheeljack's legs are complicated and Ratchet probably will not be white in a few months. Um those those are not certainly you don't want those to be you don't want to have any low points, but those are better low points than like you know, a Trax, for instance, a deluxe that I, someone who's mold completist, has been talked out of purchasing for the time being by everyone on the internet. Uh, yes. Do, do you need another dose of it? No. Um, no? Okay. I, 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 just, I just want to be sure. I'm, he- I'm here for you to make sure that you don't buy bad toys. Well, I was just like, well, maybe I'll catch Trax or Road Rage on like a 30% off sale or something with some other stuff, no. or, you know, a BOGO, and uh, we don't seem to do those here anymore. So I'm like, well, you know... <laughs> Or uh, here's one for the Canadians. Bogo at Toys R Us. Oh, so he's back down to retail price. Uh, hey, um, Toys R Us in Canada has uh, established brand new uh, high price points for our Transformers, which are quite funny. Um, Voyagers are now fifty dollars there. Um, let me just—it's uh, not a huge spike, but it's enough. That would be forty American forty American dollars for a Voyager. Um, I can't remember if that's what you guys are paying already or not. But it's a shame. Um, 
No, I guess that uh, that hits all of our um, acquisition inquisitions that are on the topic of Transformers, which means we can flip over to... No, it's not. Oh, Aaron, you still had other stuff? Yeah. Dang. I, mis- yeah. I misinterpreted your I only have Ravage as I... this is the last thing I have. No, because I also said that I got the Beast War Scorponok. Oh, I thought you just said re-issue. you saw him. I didn't know you bought no. him. No. Okay. Well, then how did how did he turn out? Because that is a good toy. Not enough people have had a chance to own. So I never had Scorponok in in like Beast Wars, Beast Wars. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if it is if it was the same then, but his Cyber Bee doesn't stay in for crap. That's unfortunate because that is the one big problem with original Scorponok is that the Cyber Bee loves to just like yeah it, yeah it doesn't want to be the, in disguise. I've, I've yeah. got the vintage one. Can confirm. Yeah, yeah. There, it's a there, good toy like, with a with an overactive bee. A spot. Bee. Well, the rough thing is, is like the Polar Claw, which was his like counterpart in the Maximals. Yeah. His thing just his bat thing stays in pretty well. You got to like really really work at it. But no, it was a, a revelation that I I made, and I I talked with a few people about it on Twitter. It's amazing how far toy technology has come. Like, you know, it's one thing, like, when you look at, like, because I got the reissue Megatron, and I've gotten that Beast Wars Megatron a few times, and comparing that to the modern Megatron, yeah, there's some differences, but there's a lot that's, like, that's the toy technology. But seeing, like, the step down, because this is, you know, the mega price point, which is originally that $15 price point, which would yeah. be between it'd be like smaller than our Voyagers now. Is yeah, between Deluxe and Voyager. Yeah. Uh, for for anybody out there. And like it doesn't do a ton compared to what a similarly scale ranged toy of today would do cuz he's got like deluxe style features, you know, some yeah. things. Right down to the mutant head even. Um, yeah. Like the way his mutant head works, a very deluxe kind of way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then just some things that are just like, you know, Beast Wars. They really let a product like you want to do how much you want to put like a quarter of the complexity of this toy into the scorpion tail that only really works if you get it at just the right angle and push against the right two things. All right, that sounds great. Um. <laughs> I might have had real big nostalgia goggles on when I said that's a good toy everyone should get to mess with. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's neat. And and it works. Yeah. Like like once you figure out just like the right way you have to hold his tail in order to use the the thumb thing to make it go, but I'm like very sure that the complexity that goes into this is nothing that would ever be on a modern design toy. Yeah, that that's basically like, a, a line big... wide gimmick or not because it's like here. Let me do just a quick count: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen pieces plus one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven screws, and probably a. There's got to be like pens, probably eight Springs pins. Too in there and a couple of springs like that is like a significant portion of of toy count of big plastic pieces 
to do yeah. what's what's a neat gimmick for sure. Like this is a a fun little toy thing that would have been great, but like it, it's it's that's what's amazing to me to like know a lot more now about toy design than I ever would have when this thing came out to to realize just how complex that is for a toy design thing that will never be done like that again. Uh, that's that's where I, as a kid, I always remember feeling like he brought this very special value feeling, is that he was this giant gimmick that you would usually just, you'd buy a toy that does that, like the tail gimmick. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. they took one of those and they bolted it onto the back of what is also just a deluxe Beast Wars Transformer. And like something about mm-hmm. that fusion had a magical sense to me back in the day of like, it's a big gimmick toy that is coexisting in the space of a completely functional transformer. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, there's something really neat about that. I'm just really, <laughs> I kind of assumed the B would work better on a new take of, of running that mold. If, if that now, is the same mold, it, who, who it, knows? It feels like, it feels like there's just really a, like an alignment issue. Yeah. Um, cause did you, like did it, you catch the scuttlebutt about people did some side-by-sides with reissue rat trap and deduced there's a good chance that was actually a brand new rat trap mold? Yeah, because there was a lot more definition. Yeah, and, and straight up like slight the, sculpt differences. The, I don't know if I saw the sculpt differences parts. The ones that I saw was that there was a lot more definition in things. The, the sculpt differences... It's kind of kind of the same thing. It's like basically, um, I'm I'm paraphrasing my memory here, but it's kind of like where while you look at the side by sides, you're like, oh, the definition's like different. At one point, it's like where on the original there were say three little triangles of fur. On the new one, it's like there seem to be four triangles. That kind of thing, like just okay. something where there's a numeric difference of a shape where it looks like someone was trying to just re-sculpt the piece. Okay. Um, it's fa- I, I want to know more I, about I, it because it's fascinating. I could I could see if like there if it was just more definition, it could be a case where like the original sample was at the end of uh, mold's life, and they've just gone back to the masters to make new daughter molds to make the toys out of. Because you don't generally the physical molds that make the parts aren't the masters. Yeah, you make uh, daughter molds based off of the mother mold, so that that mother mold stays pristine, and it's the working ones that you eventually like wear down over time. And if it's something like Rat Trap, which would have had probably a lot of production runs because he was a main character and a small, inexpensive toy. And, you know, if you had one of the very first ones and set it up against one of the reissues, maybe those look really good. But if you got one of the last production runs when that was like a really worn down mold, it didn't look nearly as good because they aren't, you know, they're not tracking that as a QC thing. Yeah, I just set Scorponok down and the the cyber bee just shot off like nothing. So that'll be an investigation for later. Did we did we lose something here? I don't know. He just went quiet. Oh, okay. I found it. I found it. There was a button that was pressed. <laughs> Hi. Okay. Um so I <laughs> Hi. Found, Hi I Chris. Found, uh... We're going to make big things so that uh 
so that we can come back to this and get stuff fixed. 600 how many episodes? <laughs> I was I was like, man, Aaron is just like bulldozing over me while I'm trying to I'm trying to just mention that I found the photos of that rat trap. <laughs> it's cuz I didn't want to, I didn't want all my clicking to come over the mic. I was being too considerate to the editor. Uh so I, I found I found the side by sides. M Cipher had taken the side by sides. Um and uh Aaron, I think that you're probably on the money about the the new daughter molds uh, idea because mm-hmm. the parts that did look numerically different to me are in that fuzzy point where that may well just be um, a, a better take off the mold because this is an original rat trap versus the the new reissue. Um, the thing that is kind of interesting to me also is on the new reissue, it looks like there's more mold slip on the gun. Um, like the the mold line is a little mm-hmm. bit more pronounced and stuff. So it is just interesting. Like it does definitely make one think that. Um, like you said, they at least, if if they were able to, took new daughter molds. It 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 asks the question basically, like, you know, did they have the original master still to do that, or did they G one soundwave this? I I the whole time I was like, did they really G one soundwave this? Because that seems like a lot I, for Rat Trap. So that, I, that makes I don't more sense. think that they would have gone to that level. And it may yeah. even be like if they went, hey, we're not going to make a bunch of these and. Yeah. Who knows how much value this rat trap has? They may have been making it off of the master mold rather than off of a daughter mold. Could be, like, could be. Just shooting straight into that, which would be kind of like, well, I, I guess it, all, all of them are at some level expendable. But yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it enters into that that realm of like, I wish it was somehow something researchable, like what molds are known and accounted for from previous yeah. lines. Um, now I'm just looking for mold slip on the brown plastic. Cause I mean, some of it, I think is just angles and lighting, but they, I think there are definitely on the reissue bits of at least more pronounced mold line. Uh, mm-hmm. uh very, very interesting stuff. Yeah, that... His, his, from those images, it looks like his thighs. You can see yeah. a, a, a sprue line on, <clears throat> they need to get one of those, uh, um, games workshop, like sprue line eliminator I have back one of those. knife rub things. Hey, just just take rat trap. What I need you to do is I need you to take every rat trap you can get your hands on, just run that over it. And... Someone doing that in a factory, though, like, having used one of those things, if you, if you do it a little bit wrong, oh, the, the friggin' bite you take out of the plastic with that thing is not like a knife bite. It's, like, uglier. It's like a tooth bite. Uh... Anyway, yeah, that's oh, that, yeah. The Rishi stuff is, is fascinating. Um, that, the the rough thing is, is with like the way that I like that sort of grognardy things. Like, I'd love to get a job at Hasbro just so I can like. So, guys, tell me about what this process really is. NDA, yeah, goddamn. Okay, yeah, fine. But <laughs> really, like, was it a two-step or a three-step mold? What? How are you doing that? And then they're like, they're like, all right, well, we've told you. Anyway, we got some real dregs work that you got to do for the next two years. I hope it was worth it. <laughs> also, here's an NTA. You can never tell anyone. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm bummed out to hear about this. It's not this. like anybody know. listens to this podcast to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the bright side, it seems that they're primarily reissuing deluxes. So between Cybershark and, uh, and Wolfang... Uh, anyone who hasn't messed with those those toys, those pretty fun toys too. Wolfang, I will always talk up as a fun deluxe. 
So there's there's still good stuff coming where you don't really have to worry about things like the you know unfortunate cyber bee um, scenario. Yeah, both of the, both of those were childhood Beast Wars things that I will be getting when I see them. Yeah, uh, I, it's going to save me from opening my vintage Cyber Shark. No, oh, see dang. now you got to open them, put them side by side, so you can <laughs> see tell if the original molder. <laughs> <laughs> we need you to check the definition of the teeth and the greeble. Uh, let us know yeah. if there's any additional mold slip. Sure, uh, sure. I, just, I can, I can point you at a couple of, of mid-range mm. cost uh, calipers. <laughs> sure. Okay. I'm sure. Just, let, let me invest the money in the tools and then open up a hundred and thirty dollars. You work for a toy port. store. Just call it like a a, a work expense. The opening toys. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, the last guy who tried that excuse got fired. And and then and then okay, here you go. Here I'm are the, here are the calipers I'll have you buy. Those are mid cost for checking the Checking to make sure they need. aren't broken. This is on the zorro.com. These are 427 US dollars and 9 US cents. Yeah. Um and they're back ordered. Wow. Extended, yeah, lead, extended time. lead time. What are, yeah. what are those 9 cents paying for? Jeez. <laughs> There are some slightly cheaper ones on there as well for some precision caliper sets. There aren't even any reviews on these calipers. How do I know they're yeah. good? No, uh, it's because of the indicated cards and uh, the like calibration cards that come with it. The ones that I have at work go off, even though we don't use them right now because there's hardly anybody in the office, still are on a one-year rotation to go and get calibrated and make sure that they're still precision, so... You don't you don't mess around with that when it's actual precision tools. A uh, Mitu uh, Toyo. So you're, you're picking a Mitu Toyo over an Insize and over a Starrette. Yeah, that's the brand that we have. If you want to go cheap, I guess <laughs> I guess there's some that Uline have that are in like the eighty dollar range that'll get you by. I'm not going down to. You. I'm just I'm t- I'm just looking at what's available here. Insize and Starrette are in stock right now. They ship from Zorro in one business day. Um, someone, I am. I have a feeling there's a good like one in eighty chance someone listening to this podcast is going to hear all these words and names, and it's just going to activate, and they're going to be like, "Stop looking at the website I use for work." Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, the repeated views will drive up the price. It's the way that robot works. <laughs> stop! Stop refreshing it. I'm just like, no, F five. Ah! <laughs> Ten U.S. cents. I'm I'm on the VPN now, so I'm doing it from from <laughs> from England. I'm going to do it from France. A little bit later, I'll do it from Brazil. <laughs> uh, well, with with that being our acquisition inquisitions, let's hit a couple little news topics. First off, just because I, I happened to take a look at it before we started recording, I did want to mention, um, given uh, how much I was I was into BotBots series one. Um, being a BotBots G1-er, they, they finally got a cartoon coming with a confirmed animation and voices in a trailer and everything, so that's not vaporware anymore. Uh, it's, it's going on Netflix. Uh, I'm going to shock the world. The BotBots cartoon looks like it might be aimed at little children. Um, <gasps> so, you know, uh, temper your expectations thusly. The one thing about this, and I'm going to be a big, stinky BotBots G1-er here, I don't understand why the Lost Bots look nothing like the Lost Bots, but then it looks like everyone else looks like Bot Bots, but the Lost Bots don't look like Bot Bots. Because they're makes lost sense. and they don't entirely... They, they didn't get the same energon wave 
residuum that the they, other ones did. And I don't all... know. Come down off your nitpickers. Listen, I've been I've been with bot bots. Bot I've been with them since the beginning. All right, I'm a lifer. All right, if there was a bot bots gatekeeper, what's up? It's me. Uh, <laughs> the if everyone, so I assumed because I only saw the still images of the logo for the whole day. I was like, oh, I guess they redesigned everyone to look more kind of like humanoid robots. Okay, that's neat. So I watched the trailer and I was like, no, wait, it's just the five who look like humanoid robots. Everyone else looks like bot bots. This is super weird. Because uh, I kind of got the idea of like, oh, you know, they're making them more expressive. But then I'm like, okay, but 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 then everyone else, the donut still looks like a donut. Uh, it's actually not a problem. It's not, I'll get over it. Uh, the bigger problem is the part where the burger flies into a window and there's just a huge splatter of blood. Did you see that part? Yeah, it's it's just like ketchup. <laughs> yeah. We'll catch up sure. with mustard. Sure. <laughs> uh, that imagery is a little, a little bit disconcerting that a little bit disconcerting that they like produce condiments. That's a little weird. What? What is it? Yeah, I know that, that still came out of the poor yeah. fellow's body. Uh, but yeah, this this looks fun. Uh, it looks like they actually are establishing a plot line for this. That was always my question: if they were going to do a bot bots cartoon, is is it just going to be episodic romps, or are they going to go with a storyline? Because given the little bits you got in packaging for Wave One, it always felt like oh, the lost bots are the cartoon story that they could do, and so you know logically they're going for it. Um, I'm just a little bummed out because I really like how the bonsai. Uh, bot bot looks as a toy and that is one of the ones who has one of the most extensive redesigns where the the bonsai plant is still hair there is still a scar over one eye but th- that's it uh <laughs> so uh th- if i were to if i were to characterize this it looks like the lost bots are actually mega men while the rest of the bot bots are bot bots um the lost bots very distinctly remind me of mega man uh rockman style robots um so, Aaron, uh, I know you took a look at this just before we got going. Um, mm-hmm. uh, are you are you here? Are you here to temper my grumpy old G one e botbot G one er complaints? It's been so long since G one botbots that they've had plenty of time to to change the designs for the better. It's actually been a long time since G one, but that's mm-hmm. that's that's a really long. I'm just thinking about it now. That's a really long time ago. It's like twenty. 17? I'm going to look it up. I'm actually going to look it up. Because I want to know. Um, 2018. Okay. That just feels like a long time ago. Okay. Um, Four years. (laughs) A pandemic. A world war. More pandemic. (laughs) Everything was so much simpler when we just had a fun donut who had Isaac's face from Binding of Isaac. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Aaron, you think you might check this out in some downtime, given how it's uh, going I mean, to a, a platform? How, how it's gone to Netflix, yeah, sure. Um, if they're actual, like, real-length episodes and not the weird stuff that our previous Netflix series have been. Sure. I mean, let's, let's lay, I'll lay it out, I'll lay it out. I don't think this is going to be very comparable for better and for better to the, the Siege Earthrise mm-hmm. Kingdom trilogy. Uh, you, you mean you don't think that you don't think they're gonna swear in this one? They might. I mean, we got blood, so we're <laughs> the sky's the limit. 
just watching this nice innocent little bot bot show, and then like the friggin the friggin gamer uh, console just tr- drops a slur out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and one of the ones that you have to go and look up and be like, "What did he say?" Oh, oh, oh my, oh my. god! Oh. What? <laughs> oh, 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 why, why, why would anybody ever say that? And then they're like, "Look, it's a gamer, all right." They... <laughs> Anyway, don't say slurs. Um, I'll just say to our listeners, they're never defensible. Um, but yeah, um, DJ, what about you? Are, how are you feeling about a bot bot show hitting up on uh, on Netflix? It actually looks better than I expected. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's aimed at kids, but it does not look like just a, a. It doesn't look like a dumb dumber kid show where it's just like fart jokes for twenty two minutes, and yeah. it, it does. Are you going good? I was I, I was I was going to say it, it actually might because it seems like the lost bots themselves have a bit of a story about discovery. There might be a little bit more meat to this than rescue bots. Um, I don't know rescue. What I'll say, I don't know rescue bots enough to know specifically. But my understanding is, over the four seasons, rescue bots definitely had that kind of meat on it. Eventually, um, given how I've seen people talk about it, but. I could I could be off. I have a feeling. I I would say this looks like it, it would easily be on par with Rescue Bots. Uh, I think I think the animation um, has a really satisfying look to it. Um, given you know again like this is for bot bots, not to downplay them, but they are literally like Transformers Shopkins. Like you know I wouldn't have expected. Um, like I, I was already thinking it was pie in the sky that the Lost Bots would get to have a storyline in media anywhere. So. Uh, that that's already one thing. Also, I was just gonna say the voice work in this sounds very. Um, it sounds like there was a budget behind the direction of the acting. I'm trying to put this in a very specific way because, like, there's there are incorrect ways to state this that I, I know probably are flying around there, but it sounds like the voice acting has a lot of budget behind it. Um, regardless of like who is who is voicing it and etc., it just sounds like a lot of money was put into a very animate and heartfelt performance for what they're doing, at least in what I heard in the trailer. And that also kind of made me go, oh, like it, it sounded like there was actually like, there was something going on behind the voice delivery. Um, where in some other Transformers media, sometimes that, that comes down to the actor being able to push that through regardless of, you know, what the direction is that they're being given, um, is how I would describe the way I take it. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. It, it, just looking at the the ad copy, it looks like it's just ten episodes. Each episode is 22 minutes, so it's you know uh, just shy of four hours total. Um, 22 minute episodes, also like I I was like, oh dang, I was ready for 10 minute shorts. Yeah, that's uh, like TV length episodes. That's like it was meant to be a on the air show and just didn't. Yeah. Like there's there's a lot about this the this whole project feels like something that was supposed to be on the air by 2019 is also the way it strikes me. I don't like I don't really know like what that means uh in a less vague way it's just that's how I would describe the way this struck me like this in 2022 feels like it feels like a lost TV show that was made and then never aired anywhere, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Um and, uh, you know, whether, whether or not you want it to be something that it clearly is not, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, I'm, I think the big thing I'm wondering now, 
do we see an Transformer of note appear in episode 10 or something? That's going to be oh, the like, big, like, you know. I'm, I'm going to say no. In or something. Yeah, I, I, I would have, like, TJ, I would agree. I assume no. Fumbling but... the AllSpark in an earlier season of the Bumblebee show that caused the AllSpark wave that made them all wake up or something. And it places where this should have been released, but it got stuck in development hell. And, and <laughs> then you find out that there's actually, like, cocaine money that went into, like, the production of this thing to find there was a, There was a three-year production fight over the ketchup splatter scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, it's I mean, gotta I, be in red. It's not mustard. You don't put that much mustard on a hamburger. It's the line I'm going to stand at. I, like, I think Man, we, I, we we've got it done. We just we can change that file either either way and just get this thing released and make money. No, god damn it, it's got to be red. I, uh, I I don't think I would in fact say the worst thing this show could do is prioritize fitting into an Autobot Decepticon canon. Uh, but yeah. I think I think the coolest little bit it could do would be to go like just in case you're wondering those do exist in this world and that's all we're gonna do that's all we're gonna confirm to you is it is like I, that you just see, I would be, you just see a camaro out in the parking lot yeah i yeah. would be ha- i was gonna say i'd be happy if we were just like at a shot where you can see like the front glass doors of the mall and then just like a red and blue semi truck just passes by i'm happy with that yeah yeah because um, mm-hmm. I, I like the idea of like of that as being like a big twist moment, but also the last thing a bot bot show should ever do is try to actually like lean into Autobots and Decepticons. Uh, I just think it would be cute to to throw that little bone in there somewhere. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I'm you also don't looking want f- to see you don't want to see how this little poop bot from the toilet troop defeats Starscream. <laughs> I want to see the donut <laughs> fight. I want to see the donut slap itself around Megatron's fusion cannon and turn orange and go like, I found a new mode. I am the safety <laughs> ring. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this and I'm looking forward to to a grand moment that I, I personally manifested, apparently, given some replies I got on Twitter earlier. Uh, the Forbidden Door has finally opened. Danhausen is a transform... No. Um, but... We did get, uh, for the 40th anniversary of G.I. Joe, the big news is Transformers. That's mean. They had other things debut on that stream, too. But we are finally getting a Transformers G.I. Joe official collab figure, uh, which immediately raises, I've already seen people saying it, too, questions about the increased cost of this give, and the fact that no one was paying for a license on this collab. These are both Hasbro properties. Ostensibly, this should be the least expensive collab ever made. Uh, it is not. Um, but uh, we are getting uh, Megatron with an alt mode of a Hiss tank, which is three three quarter inch scaled, and it will come with a Baroness who can ride uh, in the cockpit or on the second cockpit turret thing on the back. Uh, I believe I caught on Twitter that this Megatron is a new design by Takara Tomy and is 10 inches tall in vehicle or in, in uh, robot mode. Um, which immediately answers the question of whether or not this is just a Siege Megatron retool. It's not. It's just that Siege did a really good head sculpt. So unfortunately, every single G1 toy of Megatron that will ever come out forever will look like the Siege one because that head sculpt was really good. <laughs> uh, 
But uh, this is a this is a hiss tank. Um, it turns into a G one styled Megatron. So it is G. It is as though G one Megatron from the eighties scanned a hiss tank, which means uh, one of the biggest uh, conversations I'll say I've seen going around, which I I admit I really haven't connected with. I feel like it's really not an issue for me, but I understand. I've come to understand it because I used my empathy and I tried. He does look a lot like Megatron wearing parts of a Hiss tank. My first thought in response to that is that a lot of Transformers look like a Transformer wearing parts of their vehicle mode. It is often part of the aesthetic, but I saw a Digibash that changed Megatron's chest and helmet color to a matching black, and his forearms, I believe, to a matching black. It did look a lot smoother. I do understand the qualm. Uh, yeah, just... every everything I saw, um, it, it's it. Yeah, it's that big division of the colors, which like Megatron's that that you know gunmetal gray, that because you know he's a gun and in in that sort of form doesn't look bad, and then the his tanks all black, and it just doesn't it doesn't flow well. It's like the sh- maybe like if the the shoulder pieces like like that that part wasn't black and ha- or it had some like maybe there was like a line on the the shoulder pieces in in paint that then came across the chest or something to let it like tie itself together it would look better but as it stands it's just it looks like he's wearing some glam shoulder pads which which also also, I don't really mind because I, I like I like I like Ectotron's take on integrating the uh, the car parts. Which this this reminds me a lot of Ectotron in design schema, which is that the shoulders and backpack are two places where you can store a lot of the license quote unquote vehicle mode. Um, it also helps that black is one of Megatron's colors in G one, so it's it, it's not introducing like a wild new color. Um, I do feel I should mention something that um, oh. I forgot who mentioned this to me on Twitter. I feel really bad. Um, someone, I, think, I can't remember who it was. Someone sent me a photo of G2 Megatron saying from the comics going like, I wish it was this because this is technically the G.I. Joe Megatron that, that ever actually existed. Uh, and I was like, you are absolutely not wrong. It's just the G2 colors are, they currently are consigned to the hell of, oh, that's really fun for the second repaint. <laughs> so... Uh, I, I don't I don't disagree that green would have been a way to go on this Megatron to really tie the whole relation uh, together mm-hmm. um, for its history. I just think I think this to does be fair, work. Like, oh, good. Yeah, to be fair, like if they'd done something like that, that really wouldn't have connected the way they intended to. Technically, that is Megatron in the GI Joe canon, but when we think GI Joe Transformers, that it's not what we're imagining. Yeah, for for better and for worse, I'll say. What this product is um, to connect with the the larger Joe Public collectors had to reference this Megatron because uh, this is this is what your average person to whom this is this is literally the f- to the people who actually are like the forbidden door has opened when they look at this like that's what's going to really resonate so I understand why that decision would have been made. Um, like so, I wanted to co- to cover that color thing right away because that really is like eighty percent of the conversation I've seen about this Megatron so far, and 
And I I admit it frustrated me a little bit because I was like, I really don't see how this is such a big issue. I understand I, it, but I feel like like I I am in that conversation. Like I do feel like because they were trying to make the Hiss tank all black and they were trying to keep Megatron as gray as possible, you have this divide between like becoming the tank and just wearing parts of the tank. You know, instead of integrating more of Megatron into the transformation, I feel like if it had been a black Megatron, or my preference would have been to do what the old uh, San Diego sets did and do like a gray Hiss tank, I feel mm-hmm. like it would have. I feel like it would have given them a lot more, uh, a lot more room to turn the his tank parts into Megatron's robot parts, and not have this like weird. I'm where you know. I'm basically a shell former kind of. Aesthetic. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I would absolutely agree with the idea of the his tank color scheme not being as important in this thing, because. It's not an it's an iconic vehicle. It's not a singularly iconic vehicle. There's a there's a bajillion mm-hmm. his tanks. So there was there and there there are other color schemes of his tanks. So yeah, the keeping the his tank black is the thing I would sacrifice. I think a gray his tank would look fine, and it, it totally it would match up with the way that Megatron tends to get done now as a tank as well. Um, the the other thing I will say in the defense of this color scheme is that really it is the shoulder pad. Um, chest area that I think is causing the dissonance. I think the legs basically are fine, uh, and and uh, they are integrating pretty well into the transformation. In that the his tank is kind of a funny shaped tank in the first place, so it, it, they, the legs are the treads basically, and the lower mass. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that part works. Uh, I I want to know more about how the transformation works because I think there is a really cool transformation scheme going on here. Um, in that the like the front cockpit is splitting. Um, I, I know I saw kind of almost comically reminding me of when the alternators were first revealed. I saw talk about how there's no way this transforms. It has to just be a shell that goes onto it um, because the you know the fusion cannon pops off and that little what I'd call the hiss tank's chin uh, comes off to form a shield. Um, so you know, two pieces do come off, but pretty pretty clearly this, this actually does transform. Um, I want to, I want to be bold and make that, that claim. Uh, and I think it looks like a pretty cool transformation, um, given like, like it'll depend on how it's, well everything it's holds not together. It's the chin that pops off. It's the back of the tank that pops off to make the shield. Is it the back? There are, f- there are foot pegs on it. Oh, okay. I, I never remember what his tanks look like. Okay. I see it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's... if you look at the, the, the picture of the tank on the lazy Susan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where it's facing like camera right or to the right, it's okay. I see it's it. Clear that that's that part. The yeah. the turret cockpit window is a piece that hangs off the front or that hangs off the the back of Megatron. Yeah. And the and it, the so flipping back and forth here. The the turret section that is separate in the packaging. I, I'm pretty sure that doesn't have to parts form. Oh, yeah, that's where the, yeah, the canopy's all, attached to all, that, too. Yeah. yeah, that's the canopy's all attached to that. So then I think it's just the rest of it is, like, the the body of the tank is the shoulder pads, and um, I wonder is, if just the, the long side of the... the well, no, that because that's on the turret. His chest ends up on the back of the thing, as well, I noticed. 
because uh, the trailer hitch folds out from his abdomen. Like that's what that weird divot of that of weird divot is. Okay. Yeah, and one of the lazy season shots where you can see the back, you can see a gray trailer hitch. Okay. Um, so basically, I'm pretty sure he transforms, and I'm pretty sure you don't just remove half the his tank to do the transformation. Yeah. Um, I feel like I feel like I wanted to state that, just given again, like some of the the conversations I saw going around. Um, in general, I think this thing looks pretty cool, and I would really like to pick it up. Here's my big bummer: why I'm not pre-ordering it in Canada on GameStop.ca. He is 130 Canadian dollars. Um, granted, it's not just him; it's also Baroness. It helps knowing he's 10 inches tall. It makes it a lot less of a double take when I see the price, and I know he's not Voyager size. Um, you know, 10 inches. That's I have a measuring tape. That's uh, that's that's. It's about decently that long. tall. Yeah, about that long. Um, 130 Canadian, though, really hurts. And uh, he's also not out till January. So, uh, and that's, you know, projected. I think I'm just going to wait and see if I see one. Um, and maybe if I get lucky and see one with a damaged box, I can get like 25% off of at, a, at an EB GameStop. Um, for those in the, who are in the States, let me just do the calculation for you. That means he is. Uh, a hundred and two twenty-five plus tax American dollars in Canada. I believe he's ninety on Pulse in America, if I remember correctly. Uh, um, quick. So that's a, there's only really ten bucks up. It's not actually that big a deal, but it yeah, feels nine ninety-nine on Pulse and pre-order is sold out. So if you like the recording. Even if he was ninety nine ninety nine, psychologically that doesn't feel as harsh as one hundred and thirty or one hundred twenty nine ninety nine. Uh it's very hard to want to just like throw down the pre order on this, especially after like getting kind of taken by surprise by Tyrannicon Rex and JP showing up very much off schedule and out of nowhere. Uh I just don't I don't really want to like get into another situation of like I might have to spend that some time. <laughs> uh see so, yeah, I don't know. The the price the price kinda hurt. I and I and I think one can piece together that price, especially given that this comes with a Baroness, uh, like, a, a three three-quarter inch figure from Hasbro right now is approximately, what, 15 or 20 bucks these days? So, you know, that, that adds into things. If you pretend, if you, if you pretend and also kind of just deduce Megatron is kind of like a leader class, then this all sort of starts to make sense, I think, but... Uh, not you know, not literally one, but you know, rough, roughly approximating to a similar level of complexity. Um, it's 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 very interesting, very cool, and the price is probably a, quite a bummer for lots of folks. Uh, Aaron, I want to know is the how are you feeling about it? How's your 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 infinitely smaller American price feeling with your double digits it's, and all this? It's <laughs> neat, but it like it's not a hundred dollars neat. It's not ninety dollars neat, I don't think, because um, I didn't. I had a little bit of GI Joe as a kid, but like it was Mask and Transformers for me, and like this is just not not it. I could I can definitely see interest, and I know why people would be interested in it. And Hell for yeah. those people, you know, that's fantastic. Um, but it GI Joe doesn't have that that hit for me that it probably does for a lot of other people 
Also, why'd we... I'm just noticing... I didn't catch this. I'm, I'm flipping through the live stream photos. Why'd we have to do a full card packaging for Baroness? That can't be helping with, <laughs> with the cost of yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah, well, that's like... So, did you watch any of the uh, unboxing stuff for the uh, Mandalorian Razorcrest? Um, not from because, people actually getting it in hand. Because the, like, Jawa and Grogu come on card inside of that box. I know it was the Mandalorian, Yak, Yak the Mandalorian. Um, with Sorry, uh-huh. with, with Jabba's Sail Barge from HasLab, there was like Yak yeah. Face or someone was on a card as well, because that was a whole thing yeah. for carded collectors. Yeah. And that was something that I saw, I think it was on the, the Hasbro unboxing. It was like, hey, for the carded collectors, blah, blah. And then, rip. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, there are people out there that really want some of that stuff carded, and there's no other way to get it carded other than like this. Yeah, a specific I, release. So, I get it. Add, addict's gonna addict, I guess. Um, I wish I could opt out of the packaging on Baroness. To be honest, I hate saying it. I wish I could opt out of Baroness. Of the Baroness, yeah. Because <laughs> also the more well, I, what what you do, what you do then is you find somebody that really wants that Baroness. I guess, yeah. And you say, hey, for sixty dollars. <laughs> I'll split splitting the cost. I'm, yeah, I'm split, taking the bigger look, half of the cost. You I'll get send a figure, you, I get a figure. I'll, look, what? you see the That's packaging? That's not fair? I'll send you the right half of the packaging, too. It'll be fair. You get the G.I. Joe half, yeah. everything. It's 50-50. <laughs> um, TJ, how are you feeling about uh, about uh, the Megatron His Tank? So, I, I did go for a pre-order. Mm-hmm. I, I was never a big G.I. Joe I'm Like Aaron, it was Transformers Mask, that kind of thing. Uh, but there's just... there There is this appeal to me in that it is, it is my brain being satisfied finally seeing, like, the thing I imagine when I think G.I. Joe Transformer crossover. Yeah. I'm... I'm I am not... I, 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 I am not beyond, like, canceling this if it just dawns on me like hey maybe I don't want a Megatron wearing a bunch of uh, black pieces on him I don't know that 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 is a discussion I will have with uh, January TJ <laughs> I know the feel hey I just had that discussion with January Chris about black Zarak so I've, I feel you because uh, yeah I want to say I think like I actually think I like the way that the Megatron toy in this... I mean, I've got that across, I, I hope. I like the way this looks for the most part more than the... It seems a lot of other people even do. Uh, so I I, I'm, I totally understand why one would pre-order this. I think it looks cool. Uh, boy, is it a bummer that like uh, it is running well past the $100 mark in Canada. Uh, it's... it's Real, real brutal to look at. I, that was that was just a real swallow, swallow loudly moment when I flipped to that pre-order page on my phone uh, when all that stuff was getting announced. Um, so you know, I don't blame anyone for getting in on this, especially yo, people who like Transformers and GI Joe who have been around for ages. Uh, I'm really, I'm almost sad to say that we finally can no longer make the joke about Transformers collab and GI Joe because they actually did the thing. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, this, this is a, this is a monumental moment, uh, for, for this kind of toy nerd stuff. I do wonder why it's Baroness. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I was a little like, like when I saw this, I was like, Baroness, huh? Not like, 
Not like Cobra Commander. Nothing wrong with Baroness. It's just like I, I, I don't imagine Baroness Megatron in my head. I, I, I feel like I, I feel like they're keeping Cobra Commander in their pocket in case this takes off and they decide let's do Starscream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. That's what I'll say. Yes. Boy, howdy! Imagine the price of that. Starscream <laughs> would, would be a larger vehicle mode. To say the mm-hmm. least, <laughs> like I'm not thinking literal Sky Striker, but whatever they do, no way Starscream. Starscream. <laughs> uh, apparently, I also caught on Twitter. I, I admit I did not go back to watch the stream archive. I didn't. I didn't make the time because uh, I caught so much of this on Twitter. It sounds like they alluded to potentially doing a Bumblebee GI Joe crossover thing at some point in the near future as well. Um, the bo- the box literally says there there is. Like there's like a little classified document on the back of the inner inner box. And oh, okay. The the, the writing literally says uh, some something about uh, unidentified vehicle uh, subject B. Oh, uh, you know, you know, be on alert. It's you know, it, its sting is sharp. Oh yeah, here we go. Subject literally the letter B. Be prepared to intercept. Their sting is sharp, but we are poised to strike. And that's that's Cobra. Saying there's an invader, so okay, yeah, it's Bumblebee. Um, there are a I mean, billion it, it, vehicles he could be, right? It like, it just means that it just means that Bumblebee is in like the meta story for this crossover. It that doesn't necessarily mean that the next one is Bumblebee because I don't know how you don't do Optimus Prime at this point. I don't disagree. I don't disagree, but also Bumblebee feels like a very easy number two to do if there is any kind of. Uh, unconcrete confidence in proceeding with more of these, because they're the GI Joes have a whole lot of little jeep-like vehicles, right? So there's there's plenty of those you could just or little mm-hmm. just little things, little one-man vehicles that could be yellow. Uh, just showcasing my GI Joe expertise here, by the way. <laughs> uh. But yeah, uh, you know, if this comes out, you know, on, in January and not sooner, then we're, we're still decent ways away from hearing how this turns out. But I hope it turns out well. Um, and I, I would like to pick one up sometime, just uh, later. And uh, yeah, that about hits all the major news I wanted to hit. We did literally today get a listener question from Spine98 about this Megatron, so I felt like it would be weird to not just throw it in here. Uh so I'm just, I'm just going to uh, read it out. Hello, podcast crew. It's been a while since I asked you guys a question. Figured now is a good time. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've been wanting and hoping uh, for G.I. Joe and Transformer crossover for quite some time. With the unveiling of the Megatron Hiss Tank set, I felt like a childhood dream has come true. I immediately pre-ordered the set when it went on sale on Pulse. Would you all be interested in more Joe Transformers crossovers in the future? If so, what idea would you like to see? I could see a squad of Fang helicopters for the Seekers or something along those lines. Anyway, looking forward to your ideas, and I hope everyone's been well. So I think TJ really like nailed the the biggest uh how do you put this? Like the one that would make the most people go, Oh like the Chris Lotta set would would definitely mm-hmm. be a huge like heartstring yank uh to do like Cobra Commander and Starscream. Um and I guess really the question is what do you think they would like if they were to do that, like they couldn't possibly just do a Sky Striker. Uh, so, like, what other... Air- do, do you guys know other aircraft that exist that Starscream could I'm, be? That's... 
I'm looking it up. There is there is a very small one-seater called a shark, but that's that's more like a submersible. Actually, now that I look at it, where's I'm I'm, I'm looking at like is there such thing as a small jet in GI Joe? Just like like a <laughs> like a one-seater. Um, I'm actually on a YoJo vehicle site right now. Yeah, I, I am on the <laughs> same page right now. I just looked up. Um, I looked up shark. There is something from Rise of Cobra called the Polar Shark that could work as a seeker. Like it, it's clearly a, a dirigible of some sort, uh, or submersible, but it has an airplane shape. So you you kind of uh, there's like the Conquest Eight uh, X Thirty, which is like a uh, forward swept wing um, aircraft. Oh, that would. I'm just looking it up as you're talking. That would work. And there's a Python Patrol version, so you can go bad guys with mm-hmm. it. It's, it still would be pretty uh, darn they, big. They did have like an A-10 style um, aircraft. I know that I've seen that somewhere. Did I the Cobra Rattler? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna look that up too. Because a lot, I mean, yeah. Oh, I mean, we had a Rattler Transformer too. So mm-hmm. that that's yeah. been done. It, uh, mm-hmm. That'd be that's that be bigger than the conquest though. Oh, go ahead, go to be fair, yeah. yeah. To be fair, they did do the Chris Lotta set as a San Diego Comic Con thing, but that was just repainted GI Joe toys. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it definitely isn't like like they, yeah they've yeah. they've visited that ground before. The conquest looks like it would be the most doable because it seems like the smallest single cockpit aircraft that looks like a plane still. Mm-hmm. Especially once you're, once you're looking at something funky like a swept wing, forward swept wing aircraft, you can just like, I don't know, it's got special space engines or some nonsense. See, it's the, yeah. the the, the mid ground here. The mid ground here is if the can if the like the cockpit section needs to maintain like if, if it needs to stay intact and it can't convert in any way, do you have enough vehicle left to make a robot out of? I think you go fake chest. Um, on a Starscream, no matter what you do, you end up going to fake I'm not, chest. I'm not, even, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even thinking fake chest, I mean. I mean, like, is there enough bulk to hide arms, legs, torso, head, everything? Oh, yeah, especially if you if you make that cockpit just go into the torso and cover it with stuff. I, I could still see a Starscream coming out of this. There'd probably be a pretty big backpack. Uh, but I, I could see this working, because there's enough mass on that brick behind the cockpit to form... Like the legs, pelvis, and some of the chest structure. Um, you, then you have the cockpit fold down. Uh, possibly use the nose cone for shoulder and arm structure, or just have it all rest mm. on the back. Um, the wings are the right shape generally. Like, the, or you, know, you could they... e- you could even have something like the sides of the arms are like the sides of the cockpit. Yeah, and yeah. The hands are like the nose cone, so they like comes apart. Oh, and then you know, the cockpit could be like the cockpit, and you like. Well, if we, if we take if we take his tank Megatron as establishing kind of the rules, he already establishes you don't have to keep the cockpit intact. Mm-hmm. So you could break up the cockpit without like quote unquote breaking the rules of how it works. Yeah. Uh, that ne- that negative space just goes away. You're not trying to hide it somewhere. You're, yeah, it's yeah. Just a thing. Which I will say, I think is a really good decision to make. As much as it does, you know technically mess with some of the play pattern uh there G. like that was always the thing that made gi joe transformers scale to actual gi joe's seem so uh impenetrable was trying to maintain those those cockpit spaces um mm-hmm. 
So yeah, if, if you can just break those up, that also opens a lot of this up a, lo a lot better. I just think, like, unless I don't know about one, like, the Rattler being a double cockpit thing looks gigantic for three three-quarter inch figures. Uh, the, the Conquest seems like it is a bit more manageable of a physical size uh, as well. And then you don't end up with a Starscream who's got more, like, visible mass than Megatron. Uh, I'm really sold on this Conquest into Starscream idea, to be honest. Because <laughs> uh, I... I don't think I like I, I enjoy G.I. Joe here and there. I enjoy Cobra about a hundred times more than I enjoy G.I. Joe characters. Um, like the good guys. So I would just want to see Cobra stuff, and yeah, Starscream Cobra Commander would be the first place my brain would go. I think we've done some good due diligence on this too, doing this actual Google image research and whatnot. So I think this is where mm -hmm. we go. Uh the idea of stuff like a squad of Fang helicopters for seekers definitely feels like a cool idea, but also way more pie in the sky for what this is. Like, I, I, I suspect we are seeing maybe two more tops of notable character paired with a notable G.I. Joe. Uh, and if I'm wrong, that's cool. It's <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm staring at the APC right now, which would make a pretty decent, like, Optimus Prime if they want to go in that direction. Well, uh, what about... Now, 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 hold on here. Uh -huh. USS Flag. <laughs> Broadside? Sure. Broadside. Sure. Exactly. That's how, that's how we get our USS flag reissue. Sure. <laughs> so, so, and it transforms with a, with a, a, a small actual turbine engine in there into one of those hovercraft that were always in the back of kids' magazines that you could build it and have your own little personal hovercraft and you just took apart, like, you know, two of your, your, your like, grandma's vacuum cleaners and had... You know, four hundred dollars in other parts and rubber gaskets. If only you pay one ninety nine for these instructions. It um it goes without saying before because someone will yell at us in the thread if we don't mention this. There absolutely is an ongoing and third party realized idea of the Rolling Thunder turning into Optimus Prime. I think That's that is a couple times. Yeah, I think that is outside of the scope of what is feasible for an official collab piece to come out, because the Rolling Thunder, scaled to three three-quarter inch figures, appears to be gigantic. Um, Haslab. Haslab, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Haslab. <laughs> Answered. Okay. Uh, All right. So Yeah, you, <laughs> this thing is huge, I, I, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I, I have an idea. It's a little out there, but bear All with right. me. Snowcat, uh huh. Mm -hmm. As a snowcat, snow cat. yeah, yeah. You gotta calm down, okay? Stop whatever uh, uppers are powering this this weird idea you're having. You gotta just settle down, all right? Settle. That would be really cool. But look, they're never gonna do Energon characters in this kind of collab. We just have to just have to accept. It. <laughs> That'd be really. It'd cool, be though. funny if that's the only other collab that they do. Yo, I would, I would, <laughs> I would become a hacker to crash their stream to congratulate them if they did that. Because <laughs> that would be G1, sick. His tank G1 Megatron, and then just an upscaled Energon Snowcat. Yeah, with, uh, hang on, with Snowcat Driver <laughs> reissue on card. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was a named character or not. Of course it wasn't. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, those, I think those are some solid ideas, unless we have any others that are really, uh, chomping at the bit here. <laughs> uh, 
That was a good. That was a good and timely question, Spine ninety eight. Um, hang on, I want to look what a Fang helicopter looks like before I leave this, because I. It's been mentioned so many I mean, times. this is this is more me looking through yojo.com and finding like, oh, that'd be a cool transformer. That'd be a cool transformer. Okay. I'm not even connecting characters to them. You know what? I'm looking at what a Fang helicopter is. This actually feasibly could be done as as like seeker types because this is this is a helicopter that's the size of a man's chair and like an engine block behind him. So this is absolutely feasible size wise. Mm-hmm. This looks like a wildly unsafe helicopter. Um, Aaron, you might get a kick yeah, out of this. <laughs> but look, look up, a, look up what a Cobra Fang looks like. Look at the the position of the pilot. This is this is hideously unsafe looking to me, uh, given what I, I have been taught. Oh, just just don't stand up. Yeah, he's you don't, but he you don't have to stand up. You you just have to look up, and it'll hit your nose. Like the. <laughs> The, the propeller blade looks like it bangs against his helmet on every rotation. Look up a Robinson R-22. I will. Robinson R-22. That looks safer. That propeller is at least <laughs> on a raised thing. <laughs> yeah, it's up on a mast, but yeah, it's... It, it is the Cobra Fang propeller is sitting yeah. on top Re- of the engine block walk underneath it, but <laughs> yeah, that's like if you get excited, like you know, like raise your arms, like you're on a roller coaster, you're you're yeah. done. If a gust of wind like makes you start tipping the thing around, and you try to keep your balance, you're going to lose your head on the Cobra Fang, which makes it a perfect Decepticon vehicle because they wouldn't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I'm just noticing the Cobra Fang has one giant bomb strapped to the bottom. That's also pretty good. The bomb is the size of the chassis. Uh, and four rockets. You just shoot at this thing with a pistol and it'll explode. That's amazing. I love the Cobra Fang now. Uh, anyway, we've got uh, another listener question here. This one is from Senator Magnificus, who says, Was browsing the trivia section of TFA's TV Trips page when I came across the listed plans for Season 4, and I've been aware of them for years now, but seeing them again made me realize something. If we ever do get an animated revival, however unlikely it might appear, what should it be? A full-blown season, or like that convention-exclusive fan comic from a few years ago? All those ideas, all those story beats condensed into a TV movie. I'm asking, which would you guys prefer to see happen? Um... And I will say, this all would be something that I think would not be happening until some years from now, uh, and it would definitely need to have very specific creatives involved, doubly so uh, with the unfortunate news from December. Um, I think this, this would need some breathing time, but if it were to happen, personally, I think TV movie is the way it would need to happen. I, I, don't, I don't think there's mm-hmm. a way for it to be a full-blown season that wouldn't diminish it somehow. Uh, just with the way that this kind of media currently is being put out, especially Hasbro's version of this kind of media. Uh, I, I think TV movie would be the strongest. Um, but, but otherwise, yeah, that, that's what I would want to see happen. I'd want it. I'd want to be as much original cast as possible. Um, we've got to have original crew involved as much as possible, or I would really worry about, about uh, the motivation behind some story decisions. Um, because only because that crew was so friggin' tightly uh, connected and and attuned to the little world they had created in animated, I would feel weird about someone else having input on it without knowing, you know, that they were at least uh, in conversation with the folks who had come up with it. Um, 
but that's that's what I would want to see. Um, I don't know if you guys have any other ideas about this. Uh, like, would you get ex- like would you get excited if they said full blown season? Like, I just feel like I'd get <sighs> I'd worried. be I'd be excited, but the biggest issue is is it's so much past. Like it might as well be a new series because you know, unfortunately, Derek's not around anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I mean, we knew during it and after it how much of a champion he was on things. Like, without him there, Eric Siebenhaler had a lot to do with other parts of the design. He's no longer around Hasbro anymore, so you'd he, have... He is freelancing, other... to be fair. It, He's uh... Right, but he, and, and he very well could come back, but I'm saying that, like, with the way, like, oh, it's going to be a fourth season... Like you were saying, there was so much about, you know, we knew on the creative side of that, so many guys that were, like, linked linked together. And, you know, the couple of times I'd hear from Derek or Eric, like, both of the, like, they weren't just people that worked well together. They were people that were, like, good friends together and yeah. and had all of those, like, locked together parts of of how you do things and if you lose part of that you know it it you know it may have been that you know one of them had the great ideas for the look of the design but didn't have the engineering of it and vice versa or something and a lot of you know the the way that they transform is something that they mention and you know and that was part of the the animation stuff at times and those are the important like back and forth things that I think made animated part of what made animated so strong of mm. like the transformation was a part of it it wasn't just like we're only cars to go from place A to place B and you know so many other layers of things with animated that I feel made it such a good show we're so far past that you'd have I feel like it's the thing that you'd have to work a lot harder to come back to that level. It would now that, be a very large money expenditure project to mm-hmm. say the least. And that that's not yeah, saying that can't happen, but it would be a requirement. Know, it's, 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 it's something that, yeah, to make it a new season to be a, a truly good season four would be, I think more of an investment than what they'd want to do that you might be able to get away with like, you know, one of the like the trial of Megatron that I think is the is the one thing that was the most fleshed out of yeah. a potential season four. Like you might be able to make that into an hour and or a ninety minute long thing as a kind of you know G one style season four. You know, like here's just this little burp at the end to push you off on the new toys if they were making new toys. Yeah, um, but yeah, any any part of that. That's like when you hear, you know, somebody wants to talk about, oh, like, why don't they make new A ten Warhogs? It's like, well, like, who's saying they that? can't make them anymore because, well, there's, it turns out there's a thing going on um, that be quite ideal for an aircraft with those specs. Um, but like, you you have to make the stuff to make the stuff first. Mm. Because that pipeline, that work pipeline no longer exists. So you'd have to, you know, spend a lot of energy to, you know, have new designer for stuff, new animators. Like, this is the style that we want. And then they'd try that and you're like, well, no, that's like, watch these. We want a, like a continuation of that, not necessarily your take on that. So it'd be it'd be a lot of work to get to where we were before. And if you're doing that, I mean... 
it'd be worth it for more and more, but I, it'd be, I mean, animated was how long ago? Um, it was 2008, 2008 is when it it properly debuted. Quite a while. Um, it's quite a while away to come come back up to. In fact, it is in fact approaching the kind of anniversaries that would actually make these conversations feel even more uh, um, feasible. I guess to say a few years ago. <laughs> uh, I have I have a few more ideas, but before I, I go on with that, uh, TJ, what, what about you? Any any thoughts on the idea of a return to animated? What you'd want to see, um, etc. What you wouldn't want to see? It's it's hard to say, like. You know, it, it would because you know, of course it would be a big expenditure to revisit mm. that universe in any way, but we we are getting we are like we are, we are living in a time when we had a Machinima series that was a pseudo G one follow up, and now we've had uh, the War for Cybertron trilogy, which was basically redoing G one. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Like mm. they could do it, but I don't think. I don't think it is practical to go back and continue the storyline after so long. I think Mm -hmm. at that point you've just lost too many people. Um, and it's not, it's not like a G one series where like the canon and is like buried in like, you know, every, every bit of transformer lore, like you got to have a better starting point, like a whole reintroduction, which would be consuming itself before we could even get to any kind of new storyline. Like if we, if we're to do animated again, there's part of me that feels like the best route would be similar to War for Cybertron. Just take the concept, take the style, and just do it again. You know, modernize it a little bit, but make sure the same feel and tone is there, and you know, put the right people in charge of writing it. You know, that's also maybe. Yeah, that's also why maybe a hit. <laughs> How many episodes? Well, that's 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 also why I feel like um, if they were going to do it, it's it's also feels so unlikely because I think if you're going to do it, you have to make it a follow up with like a, a ten minute recap piece made to go on the front for people who didn't watch original animated because like otherwise you are going so far removed you might as well just be making a new transformer show. Uh, mm-hmm. So and the, the way to, the way the way you go about that would probably be to create the show again but start with like a new cast and slow and like reintroduce the old plot through them like rediscovering finding bumblebee finding prime learning what happened since the end of the show yeah like if they were going to do a series and i think a time skip approach like that would make the most sense because because the world of animated is what i think a lot of people are the most attached to uh but I also, this is the way I'm thinking is like, if it was ever going to happen, it, they'd probably only get to do one like little like movie length thing. So it would probably at that point be like, we're just going to put, we're going to close the book on this in our own way. We're not going to follow the season four plans. We are going to do this nouveau season four slash five movie that puts the button on this in a loving way where we pay tribute to those no longer here and stuff like that. Um, which is why I would say my one thing that I would say is the make or break on this, it would have to be a Matt Youngberg produced production. Like you'd have to have Matt Youngberg on it. Um, ideally you have Marv Wolfman writing it. If you can't afford that, I like, I get it. Ideally you have Eric Siebenhaler and Marcelo Matir involved in visual design on it. But mm-hmm. I think that the absolute keystone, you, you have to have Matt Youngberg doing this or it is just like, there was nothing left 
of what animated was if you don't have Matt Youngberg at the at the showrunner helm on a thing like this. Um, what I will say on the positive end, I do think that it is feasible if you spend money on the production. It is feasible to get that look again. Um, this is this is me kind of doing my Koichi Sakamoto thing where I attribute the entire world to one creative force that I happen to like. I do think, for example, um, Powerhouse Animation Studio seem quite capable and knowledgeable to do very good dynamic action animation, um, regardless of style. I also think, as far as you know, a quote-unquote more stylized visual show that is very... Um, very much about animation first and foremost. Uh, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has some of the most gorgeous sequences I have ever seen in the last five years just shared on friggin' Twitter. I haven't even properly watched that show. It is visually stunning, some of the stuff I've seen from that show. Uh, it is not literally Transformers animated. In fact, I think that was always kind of like this pet peeve of Derek's I caught on social media now and then of like everything being... TF animated because it looked stylized, but I think that Rise of the TMNT is also like evidence that like a show like animated, you know, under under one of these um, larger umbrellas can also still exist. So the entities exist to put together a really cool thing. It's more about aligning them and spending the money to do so. And unfortunately, and I hate because I hate the money being the lynch point. It irritates me. Um, but current Hasbro media absolutely does not strike me as wanting to spend that kind of money. Um, so, you know, hopefully this is this is still something feasible to happen. It's just that as time goes on, it has to be done more and more correctly, if that makes sense, like in my opinion. Um, so anyway, I, ho I hope that answered the question. Um, we've got one more here I want to hit up from uh, Master Ben 95 uh, who says... Greetings, uh, either team Evangelist TJ and Aaron, or that other guy Seth, who has been. This, by the way, this is, this goes on in the question. This is Master Ben. I've been listening to to a deep dive of your old podcast from 2012 to current. Uh, so, so that you know what though, Seth should just jump in and reply to this in the thread, regardless. Um, mm -hmm. And if you don't hear from him, then bother him and get him to reply, because <laughs> then he has to listen to this whole thing up to here as well. Uh, in listening, uh, I've quote in listening. I've been wondering in a what if scenario where Hasbro ended up losing the IP to Transformers, what company would you like to see step in and take the franchise in new, different directions that has merits, uh, doing transforming robot toys, and what direction would you want to see them go? Uh, what I'll say is, very recently, this question has a much more real feeling to it, given that we just saw the announcement of uh, twofold announcement, um, yet another. 6-inch uh, high-end Snake Eyes is coming out. Uh, and also, Haya Toys has gotten the 3 3 quarter inch license to do G.I. Joe. Haya Toys being known for things like 3 3 quarter inch uh, Alien and Predator toys over the last few years, among other things. 3 3 quarter inch G.I. Joe has now become licensed out to another toy-making company. That is wild, in my opinion. Uh, it's It's not like... I can't believe that the whole world's upside down, but imagine going 10 years back from now and just telling, like sending that message to the past of like in 2022, three, three quarter inch new GI Joe toys will come out, not under Hasbro. It'll be licensed from Hasbro. And you'd be like, what? Um, so I don't think this is entirely unreasonable. A question. I think transformers is probably the last IP Hasbro would ever give up. Um, uh, but it could still happen. So, uh, 
I kind of have some ideas where I would want to see this go, but I want to start, TJ, with you first. Where would you want to see Transformers go if it just became a license that was sold? I'm even I'm, I'm, I'm even trying to think of who I think would be appropriate for it. Takara Tomy. <laughs> I, assume, I assume... <laughs> I was wondering how many assume, seconds it would take. <laughs> I assume they have a stake in it no matter what. Yeah, I, I think the assumption... Like, if Hasbro loses the IP, all due respect to Tar- Takara Tomy, if Hasbro no longer wanted to do it, I doubt they would be able to just step in and go like, well, then we will do it. Uh, unless... Brand unless new, she, brand new... Well, unless Shinkalion really made way more bank than I thought it did. <laughs> uh, then I don't see them taking full stewardship. But, you know, maybe they could. Just, I think for this question, that's the least interesting answer we could probably give. Uh, we get an Ironhide toy that actually goes into the Diaclone line. Yeah, <laughs> it, look, yeah the, it looks like the G1 toy walker design and all. Legit, I'm kind of waiting to see that in Diaclone Reboot after they did the convoy. I'm like, you sort of owe us this now. <laughs> in fact, they kind of have the structure, because some of those little, exo, those little exosuit Diaclone Reboot ones, they've been getting fancier and fancier, and some of them have had, like, sort of Gundam vehicle mode possibilities. I haven't kept up super well in the last two years, but I... They've been getting close to hitting some of that stuff. Uh, sorry, TJ, uh, did you do you have anyone in mind? You think who would step in? See, I guess is the steward. It's the thing. It's like I've been doing. I've been doing a little bit of research lately on other toy lines and other toy companies that have tried to do converting figures, like just all of them from the '90s and 2000s, trying to basically cash in on the Transformer play pattern. There's none that did it well. Mm-hmm. Like outside yeah. of like, out, outside of like Bandai of Japan, I don't know any other like major toy company that has actually gotten any kind of converting robot to work as well as Hasbro slash Takara Tomy. It's it's actually astonishing to me that the ones I would name have not managed to breach North America yet. Still, uh, I could yeah. name a few companies, but. They haven't been able to get a foothold in North America, and I, I'm I'm astonished that they haven't still. Mm. Um, but it's yeah, for toy toy wise, it is really hard to say. Um, Who's TJ? Doing, I guess who, what's what's the company doing? Tobot. So that's one of the ones. That's Young Toys. Um, Young Toys and Sonicong, who do Hello Carbot, absolutely could do Transformers. I think. Uh, in fact, I like basically they already kind of are. Mixed mixed with Brave, to a degree. Uh, I think they could do it, but they have, as far as I know, they have no real grip in North America outside of a few fringe lines and, and shows that are that are broadcast on streaming. That's that's about it. So like, I, I don't know if their style of, of physical toy would be taken as appropriate in North America, mm-hmm. because Tobot and Hello Carbot generally are enormous compared to Transformers. Yeah. And um, and not just enormous, but also kind of like chonky design. Yeah, physically enormous. Yeah, uh, in every sense of the word. Um, like a deluxe, to- a the deluxe v- equivalent Tobot is about the size of a leader class Transformer in in terms of like volume. Uh, right. 
And in a lot of ways, they are not designs that can be downscaled without just being a completely new toy. They have done mini versions, which could work as simpler toys, but you can't just mm-hmm. take a Tobot car and downsize it because it's relying on very large ratchet joints and full-on C-clips for a lot of how it works. Um, I just don't think it would it would downsize that well, but th- that would that that is one of the companies I would say. Um, if this ever happened, probably would still be the place I'd want to I'd want to see it go. They'd be my second choice, conjoined. Um, I don't know if I'd want Young Toys or Sonic Kong. I don't know which one I'd want more than the other because I find their output. One of them is always doing better than the other, and it constantly alternates for me. Uh, so they'd be my conjoined second choice. Um, but uh, sorry, Aaron, what about you? Any any ideas on your end about about this? Where you want to see Man. Transformers go? Like. If it wasn't Hasbro slash Takara Tomy, yeah, Bandai Japan, not Bandai US. Dude, um, does Bandai US exist still? Theoretically, they do. I would assume. <laughs> like, I genuinely don't. They um, kind of they kind of got supplanted by Bluefin distribu- distributions. Yeah, in a lot of fronts, by by, Blue, uh, by Bluefin, and then the couple things that they still had going on, Hasbro just took. Yeah, <laughs> so I, don't, um, <laughs> I don't even know if they exist really uh and i'm sure they still exist on paper somewhere at the very least yeah um but yeah bandai japan or or um like you were saying with the makers of tobot i don't know i don't know if there's anybody else that's doing like how many are doing even like mecca of that of of the sort that would be something that you could work towards transformable it is it, a very limited market. Mecha, mecha action it, figures of that style that happen to transform. Like I, I know that I've got some, you know, Bandai mini plot that'd be like a, a decent alpha version of some sort of transforming jet things or transforming things of that nature. But like, I don't know if anybody else has the institutional knowledge anywhere near it. The only thing I can think of outside of any of this would be prob- probably 52 toys. They are my number one. They are my number one selection for this question. They, that is the first company I'd want to see take over Transformers because I think they do have the know-how and they have the uh, creativity and the execution to... Mm-hmm. It would definitely be different, and I'm not saying they'd all be boxes, but... It would be a new take on Transformers. No, they'd, ha- they'd have to be. That's 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 the only way that they know how to do it. <laughs> it, it. It would be a new take on Transformers coming from a really strong creative um, um, root that has shown incredible ability to make uh, engaging tactile experiences in shape-shifting mechanical toys. 52 Toys would absolutely be where I'd want to see Transformers go if it had to go somewhere else. And I'm also... I should say the uh, like Takara Tomy was 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 band answer number one. Band answer number two is kind of any unofficial third party company because I yeah. I feel like that would be a that would be a, a a can of worms legally that even in this fantastical scenario would probably still be left untouched by whatever Hasbro entity still existed. Because um, there, there are plenty of third party companies that I think actually would take really good stewardship because they've proven that they're interested in making engaging experiences over making nostalgia bait. And those are the ones I think would be strong. Um, so like 52 toys would be my number one. Uh, 
Tobot, uh, Young Toys of Tobots and Sonic Kong of Hello Carbot would be my conjoined number two. Uh, my number three would be Toy Notch, because I think Toy Notch could do it. I'm just not sure if Toy Notch could take on that scale of production right away. That's where I'm, I'm going to give a little bit of... Uh, I guess the word is sort of undeserved. I'm going to give... I'm giving some assumption of unseen potential to 52 Toys. I think they could take it all on and actually do it. Um in this scenario, if it ever happened. There's no way to really prove that. They just... I got this... this feeling about 52 Toys. Um... They they really get it. You know, like, how, how transforming robots work. And if you were able to get them to get back in touch with uh, folks like Alex Kubalski, who I also think is someone who just gets it, um, who worked on uh, early Transformers, or I think all the way through, through, through late Transformers Animated, um, who apparently is responsible for stuff like the inherent S-curve seen in some animated robot modes, for instance. Um, those are folks who could get it, but this is this is now getting into, like, assembling a team more than passing on an IP. Um, though we also have been kind of focused on toys. Uh, this would also, like, an IP getting licensed out like that, there'd also be media. Um, I'll just say, uh, I want, I want Powerhouse Animation Studios to work on everything I love, because they get it. Um, so they'd be my number one. But I don't know if you guys had any, any, like, um, visual media companies you've always wanted to see lay hands on Transformers. Um, Powerhouse just really does it for me right now. Like, they they get it. Like, between what I've seen out of the three series they've worked on so far, in my experience, uh, I think they could do it. But the folks who worked on, uh, what's it called? The League of Legends cartoon that was on Netflix. Oh, I, I don't Arcane. know who made it. I know. Arcane. Hmm. Um, I looked it up. Arcane is by the company, the French company that makes League of Legends CG sequences, and I think are owned by that company. Um, Arcane was like their big project to prove that they have artistic chops outside of video game um, promo material. I wouldn't mind seeing them take a swing at, at robot stuff because they seem to get mechanic, like how to make mechanical stuff be intense. But they also seem to be, I think, wholly owned by the various conglomerates, Tencent included, that own uh, the League of Legends brand, and I'm not sure how impenetrable their their talent pool is to actually make use of for anything. Uh, but yeah, th- th- those would be like where I'd, I'd want to see the media go. I don't, did either of you have any other media um, wishes you've always wanted to see? I'm, I know it's kind of it's kind of weird to try to even figure out who are animation houses right now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like you, you kind of have to other- dig a bit. The only other one that would come across would be DreamWorks because yeah. the stuff that they've been doing on Netflix I've really liked. Yeah, DreamWorks could could do something solid too. Um, I mean, there are whoever worked on the Voltron combination sequences specifically would get it because they very obviously watch relevant stuff. Um, like you know, there there is straight up Gaugaigar in that sequence, so like there's, there's so, someone working there at that time at least. Um, I mean, that, that that was, yeah. I mean, there was DreamWorks. I'm sure they're still there. Yeah, well, one would hope. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that is an interesting, it's a scenario I also think about now and then, because, like, I don't, like, I think, like I said, Transformers is going to be the last thing Hasbro probably lets go of, but I, I don't think it's impossible that that happens sometime in the next, like, decade or so. Um, that's also, that's also why, like, you know, just... 
figure out what you like about Transformers as well, and and encourage other other talented people to like create stuff that's that's similar. Um, for uh, for future proofing, anyway, let's uh, let's let's close up this episode with a little bit of off topic. Uh, what we got stuff. Um, I got a friggin' killer dental bill because I finally went to a dentist for the first time since the before times. Hey, 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 stop for a second. Okay, so, hi, hi. Uh, this is an army of bees. I'm your friendly local editor here. Um, there's a lot of talk about dental stuff coming up in the next few minutes. Um, if, if that bothers you, maybe move on. Um, there's, there's time codes over in the actual thread on TFW, so... Maybe, 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 maybe try that out. You know, it's, it's, it's some real great stuff coming up. But back, back to the, back to the show. Uh, and I had to go to a new dentist and do all that stuff. And did you know, did you know dental bills are expensive? They can be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah see, if you lived on this side of the border, you'd understand all medical stuff is expensive. I know I'm not used to I'm not used to it. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm a free, I should say I'm I am a freelancer type person. I am a contractor, uh, so I tried to hit up the contractor dental plan. Uh, they didn't. Turns out they don't exist. But um, like, like yo, I'll give you tons of exposure if you can fix this face. <laughs> On the and bright went, side, uh, no, a few thousand dollars to fix that. Oh, just the teeth. Oh, we can do just the teeth for about a thousand. On the bright side, what I'll say is. I, I got a hell of a lot of photographs taken of my teeth with various different pieces of hardware. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't have any major cavities, despite not having been to a dentist for like two years. Um, I have two little things that they uh, that I'm getting filled in next week, but they are not like cavity fillings. They are, this is an open door that could become one, so we would like to close the door. And I was like, they showed me a, a real life photograph of what it looked like. And I was like, no, please do. That's That makes sense. Um, and also please never show me the inside of my head again. That's, that's disturbing. So the x-rays I was fine with, I wasn't prepared for the actual like flashlight pen camera that took super high res Mm -hmm. photos of the inside of my mouth. It, although that was a million times easier for me to parse than trying to look into a mirror at the little mirror in my mouth. Um, Yeah, no, the, uh, (laughs) last time I had a cavity filled, um, they were like, oh, and we've got like the the dentist has like a little thing that she uses to see all of it you know to make sure she's doing her job right and we can put that up on the tv there oh i don't want to watch it live and i was like maybe can i do i have to and i'm like well let's like start this i was just like nah can you just put on like the weather or something so i can just not pay attention to it it was neat for about a quarter of a second i want to be able to disassociate from the part where you're drilling into my tooth Seeing yeah. it will make it harder to disassociate yeah. from the part. Yes. So that, that's that's the lucky thing about what I'm getting is that it's not like they they literally said we're not removing mass. We're just filling in a gap because it's not that mm-hmm. far gone. Um, and I would rather they do that than have to than wait and potentially have to have them remove a gap. Cause I don't like getting. I haven't had the filling in decades, and I don't. I never like getting them. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I would like to not get one. Uh, but before I continue whining about that, Aaron, any fun off-topic stuff 
Uh, you uh, I got quite a few off-topic things. Um, you did? Shared, shared a bunch of photos of a bunch of dice I got. Wormwood um, Kickstarter dice. Yeah, Wormwood Kickstarter from almost a year ago. Um, so they had a, a a resin dice Kickstarter, um, and I ended up going decently hard into it. Um, I got three polyhedral sets. Um, I sent pictures of my stuff earlier. Yes, uh, in our in our shared Discord. Um, but it was the Wormwood and Disciple or. Disciple dice, was it dispel dice? Um, and it was the Event Horizon, which is like a blue green clear resin. A uh, Vapor Wave, which is like a rainbow um, towards the blue, and mm-hmm. an '80s kid, which is like neon yellow and pink. Delicious. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, those actually came in today, and they are all. Very sharp, pointy resin dice. Um, they all look great as I was opening them. Alfie's like, ooh, is that one mine? Ooh, is that one mine? Ooh, is that one mine? And I was like, well, we discussed it when I bought them. That, like, like we talked about the ones that looked best. And if you wanted a set, like one of them could be yours, but not all three. Oh, you sure I can't have... I was like, you should have said something about a year ago. And I, you know, put put us down for other sets. Um but yeah, um, it's the full polyhedral sets. And I want to I want to mention a thing about these that I thought was super cool, um, which is the high numbers on each die are a different and mm-hmm. brighter color. Which to me, I said this before the recording. I'll say it here. I really like it when when you know artistically driven dice like this still prioritize playability like that, so the high rolls stick out yeah. more. I think that's super yeah. cool. Um, the like the rough thing would be like the '80s kid dice. Um, are are what we we at, at at my table would frequently call the head clackers, um, because let me do, do 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 grab one of these images maybe see if that one pastes well for it. Is this uh, like is this the, like the non highlight color? Well, no, but like imagine that on a table, like if you're looking across a table at that. Well, oh yeah. Yeah, like, that's, that's like you're gonna close. have multiple people leaning over to like take a look at that and <laughs> and knocking heads. Um, a couple a couple of the the dice sets were like that, but um, the vapor vapor uh, wave is good though, like the blue the, over that dark yeah. kind of hue is yeah, yeah. But um, very cool. Uh, they're probably going to live in their boxes. They're not going to go in the general dice bag, um, just because they're resin dice and they're a little bit more susceptible to like dings because they all have very like polished faces almost yeah um, if they're anything like the extra life dice if you grip one of those uh yeah it hurts yeah they they're very <laughs> similar to those extra life dice yeah i don't i don't want them to get damaged and i don't want them to damage the other dice yeah um but then also since i bought three sets or more then there was also a polar disturbance d20 that is a a uh white and very um like warm color metallic filling um and clear resin uh d20 mm-hmm. that looks good that came in its own little velvet bag and anybody that kickstarted it they had a longest line of dice Guinness world record that they set and they filmed it 
and then everybody that participated got one of the uh, D6s that has a Guinness World Records, and it's a neat little, like, display case thing. They could be, oh, yeah, I I have part of a Guinness World Record. You don't? <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm repeating stuff, but it's it's worth putting in the recording. Uh, when you said, "Oh, we got a, I got a, a D6 from the world's longest line of dice," I was thinking like, "Oh, it's a D6 stuck to a neat little placard." But like, this is a full-on multi-layer box with gold print and everything. Yeah, uh, it yeah. looks gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, they they'd kind of showed in in Worm Life, which is like their um, Wormwoods kind of like their web presence show or whatever. Um, like some of their prototypical things was like they would have part of the Guinness logo on the die and then the other part in a clear case. And Guinness World Records is like, no, that's <laughs> if you're using our our logo type, it is exactly like this. You don't futz with it. Like, well, no, but what if we really printed it? It was like, no, because if those two things become separated, then that's not our logo type. No. Like, oh, fine. But it's still, it's. I mean, it's a good sized die. Feels like the weight's a little bit off on it. But again, this isn't necessarily a rolling die. This is a uh, a, uh, 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 a display thing. That's it. That's a die you roll if you're able to like also juggle Fabergé eggs. Yeah. Well, I mean, the die <laughs> is a die, but it's not like I'm not taking that to my gaming table and. Yeah. playing games with that die. Uh, that's what you take when you have a D6 roll that determines if you rip your character sheet or not. Yeah. You're like, all right, maybe. well. <laughs> I don't know. The way it was weighted, I was getting ones and threes, so maybe not. <laughs> Depends on the system. If it's a, if it's a, if it's a roll under system, then <laughs> use the Guinness die. Yeah, maybe. Uh that's really, like I also like I said like it's it's wild to me that like that Kickstarter was so long ago cuz boy does that feel like a conversation we only had like maybe last season. <laughs> yeah. Uh this is this time dilation stuff still not used to it. My apologies to everyone. I th- I thought I would have this solved by like January 21. Uh but pff, the world. Um Well, grats on the dice. Uh anything anything else fun off topic yeah. or was that kind of the big one for you? Um I I did get a couple other things recently as well. If you want me to keep Ooh. going or if we want to bounce around, how how which uh, way you want to do this? Let's bounce around a little bit. Um, TJ, okay. I was wondering if you, if you got anything uh, fun off topic of late uh, that you wanted to share. Uh, yeah, there's there's a there's a couple things that I got. Um, let's see, uh, so just because I happened to find them and I didn't know they were out yet, I got the two. I got two of the retro Megazord figures. Are those the like, VHS box things? Yeah, because I saw someone unboxing one on Twitter, and I was like, "That looks really neat," and I had no idea that existed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So for those who have never had the pleasure of opening up one of these, uh, there is no tray, there is no twist tie, there is no nothing. What happens is you, you you take you you slide this like fake VHS tray out, and you just have a mummy. Is just is just it is a robot mummy wrapped in paper that you then have to unravel. It does if that packaging works though. Like I'm I'm down with going for just like shipping loose toys levels of packing tech if it if it means less plastic. Like that's that's neat. Yeah. So bizarre as the packaging is, the figures are. I I was hoping having them in hand it'd feel a little bit different or a little bit how. You know, a little bit different than I was expecting. It really isn't in the end. Uh, yeah, 
That, I mean, yeah. that's the other thing I took from the Twitter photos. Is like that looks like a pretty simple toy. Uh. It is. <laughs> yeah, so it is basic articulation. Actually, the Thunder Megazord has less because like those big tall shoulders don't really let you move them outward. Yeah. Um, yeah, they are mostly. They're mostly just. I, I was hoping that like the the. The other part in my head was like maybe if I just put them with my like super mini plaws, it'll just at least it'll just like blend in so I can pretend, that, you know, that uh, Die Ranger got its turn with those. It's a little too big for that. Hmm. So it, it looks like when I was a kid and the Thunder Megazord was huge compared to all the other Megazords I had. I was. I was. This is a slight tangent. Did they ever make anything that was like that very oddly random just action figure version of the Zeo Megazord? Do you remember that? Like it was that was under Hasbro, yeah. right? Yeah. Did they ever do yeah, another was... one? No. That was, was a that was a one and done. That was so weird. <laughs> Such a weird like random pull for that. Nothing yeah, against it, the Zeo it, Megazord, but <laughs> it, it felt like, it felt like they were trying to both figure out what a lightning collection Megazord action figure was going to be, and split the difference from and like pick up where uh, uh, Legacy left off. Yeah, it's just it was I was I, it was odd, and I always wondered if they had done any others like that. If they haven't, then like all right, <laughs> no, it's, it's just an oddity. Because now we're now we're heading into the Zord Ascension project territory, and like, all right, like, <laughs> odd. It's just odd. Those VHS tape ones yeah. also are just odd. Like they, I think that's a neat they concept. Are. It's it's very Super Seven ish in in idea. Uh, it's just weird. <laughs> the 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 merit to them is that yes, they are designed after the suits on the show rather than the toys. So aesthetically, they are a little bit different. And yeah, me that's always wanted like show accurate action figure of a Megazord. Like I, like I know, I know combining is impossible at that point. But at the very least, I want one figure that can move and pose like it did in the show and just look like the suit. Because my other option is like the X plus one from Japan that is like a, enormously expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's the bummer of of like Toku action figures. Still, like I was just I was just the other week um, for for the umpteenth time this pandemic. Uh, Kaiketsu Zubat was making the rounds on Twitter of this wild seventies Toku show, and I was like, "Has there been a Zubat figure by anyone yet?" And someone told me there is precisely one. It came out to, like a year and a half or two years ago, and it is extremely okay, but it currently costs over a hundred bucks and it's like you're you're paying to have the one Zubat and that's most of what you're paying for. It's not even all that great. It's not bad nor is it good. It's just like it's functional and I'm like that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh anyway that was a slight tangent, but um Let's uh, let's let's keep let's keep passing the potato around and off topicsville because I, I got a couple things as well. I got another <laughs> similar to what you guys talking about. I got a whole ass Kickstarter all in uh, recently again mm-hmm. from 2020. Um, this is for Core Space Firstborn, the second 
chapter of Core Space product. Core Space is a game by Battle Systems. Uh, I got the original one early in the pandemic, and I really like it! And I recommend it if you're open to solo or co-op or even competitive miniatures gaming, but, but it's a really neat system that is very flexible, and it's built on the back of heavy card terrain that you can use for other miniatures games if you want. Like, it's all scaled perfectly for, for Kill Team, Warhammer, Infinity, etc. But it's a system built around that terrain uh, that uses miniatures. You play, and it's all sci-fi fun stuff. You play as a, a crew of traders. In the original run, um, you're, playing, you're playing as traders. You're doing missions, trying to collect stuff. It has a whole system where you physically load blindly and then explore crates that you, you send your miniatures to. And when you open a crate, you actually take the lid off the crate and look and see what's inside. Uh, hmm. item wise. And it's, it's really neat. And all the character boards are, uh, modular things that slot into a hard plastic board. It's all, cu- it's all laminated and uses dry erase so that you can keep track of your stats, um, over the course of a campaign, your upgrades and everything. If you decide to do uh, a campaign and, and maintain your crew, um, and then as you're playing, you have an enemy force called, in, in the case of the first run, called the Purge, which are these robots. As you play the game, this threat meter is going up faster and faster, depending what you're doing. And as it goes up, the Purge starts showing up more and more, and then more threatening Purge robots start showing up. So basically, it's it's a game where you always end the game basically having to run for your life from an increasingly terrifying force that's showing up. And what makes it so cool is they have all these bolt-on modules so that, you know, you're playing as traitors, and then there are the Purge, and there are civilian NPCs that work on a simple dice roll AI. And then you can add in the cops, the space cops, who want to fight and arrest you, but if the Purge show up, they will prioritize fighting off the Purge. So you have two, you have two and a half AI forces. You can add in a third one, the Gangers, who will try to attack you and civilians and the cops, but will also prioritize the purge if they show up. So this is whole interesting interwoven thing. The Kickstarter that came in is called Firstborn. This takes place in a different part of space, so the enemies are no longer the purge, it is the Firstborn, which are these uh, old, old long-lived aliens who uh, long ago decided, it turns out, we are alone in the universe, and they all went nuts and went into stasis sleep. So you're finding the ruins of their civilization, trying to trying to rob those, and the firstborn will start waking up. Uh, and this is this is basically core space, but its campaign and systems are tuned specifically towards playing solo or co-op, uh, and it's all still intermixable. So basically, I have this massive, massive load of card terrain, modular card terrain, a decent little amount of miniatures, and like three books through which I can play like piles of infinitely variable campaigns with, like, two to six different AI factions wandering around the board while I'm trying to wander around the board. Which is why it it makes it so fun to play solo, but also fun to play with other people. Anyway, I'm really hype about it. I've just been organizing all the minis from the Purge era and Firstborn era into some some Chessex uh, miniatures cases, so it's all easier to, to flip through and paint. And, uh... I'm really excited about it. I highly recommend Core Space if any of this sounds interesting. It's a really cool system. Um, and it uh, it also is is one of the most, what I would call, magical experiences I had of playing a complicated game by myself and feeling like a little world was still happening in front of me as opposed to, like, just I'm running a bunch of systems. Like, I, 
the first time I played Core Space, a civilian walked up to one of my two crewmates that I had, offered to trade them an item, and then the next turn on the die roll, pulled a gun on them and tried to shoot them, and ran away. And I was like, the, the inherent storytelling of what just took place is magical. This, this little this little dude walked up to one of my crewmates, but like, here, I'll trade you for a gun. And then, and then they took the gun and they're like, alright, give me all your money! And then ran away. It was so cool. Anyway, um... That was that was my main off topic I got. I, also, in in tandem with that Batman IDW game that showed up several weeks prior, two all ins with miniatures showing up within the same space of like two two and a half weeks uh, is a whole lot to process. Let me tell you, uh, as many as many people who have dabbled in board game kickstarters will probably be laughing about and say themselves. Eventually, you realize that you stop wanting to hit the all in button because all the little figures look cool. Uh, and I, I have definitely reached that point. <laughs> uh, anyway, rolling the potato back over. Aaron, uh, any, what's another off-topic thing you wanted to share? So I got my first uh, Magic the Gathering secret layer set. Um, so during my during Extra Life, when I was doing Extra Life in November, uh, that day um, Wizards opened up for a short time a their own little... Extra life contribution thing, and I thought, hey, I'll I'll grab some some neat magic cards. Um, so it's a a bunch of basically alternate art magic cards um, that were had. I think it was like they told some um, Children's Miracle Network Hospital kids, like, hey, draw what you think a metalwork colossus looks like, and Aww. then this six year old draws a thing. And then they go to one of their regular magic artists and say, okay, starting with this, draw Metal Work Colossus. And then they did that as a set. And so I I picked that up. It's all still sealed up. I got the non-foils, so they've not turned themselves into Pringles. Um, yeah, I was going to say, it goes without saying, cause someone who knows magic will be yelling it. Yes, secret layer foils are terrible. Uh, Aaron got mm-hmm. a non-foil, so he's, he's in the mm-hmm. clear. No, <laughs> knowing that the foils are terrible, I went for non-foils. Um, um, we're really, it was just like, hey, it was another way to support extra life and get something different. Yeah. That I'd never, I'd never dipped my toe into the secret layer Magic the Gathering stuff, and I went, ooh, that's neat. And um, I'd probably be the only thing I'd, I even touch of secret layer until if they do something in twenty twenty two, and I think it looks interesting. Yeah, there's um, there's a lot about Secret Lair I like, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. none of it is the final execution, so I've never bought one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I've been working really yeah. hard not to buy, like, a box of the current set, because that's the Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, and Kamigawa's a set I remember playing with my little brother back when we both played Magic the Gathering before our our dark times, and it's, like really neat and interesting and all mecha anime. Oh, I'm so tempted by the friggin' the, the Voltron artifact that, that got mm-hmm. ties with five other artifacts to form mm-hmm. a robot. That's so friggin' the, cool. The alt, uh, the alt art version of that is really neat because it looks like actually five, like, like the chest and two arms and two legs coming together. Not just the like, core body piece sitting yeah. there with little tiny arms. Well, the, the first thing I was thinking was like, as it turns into a 10-10, I'm like, you need to pull that into a legacy deck with like with like a bunch of zero-cost ornithopters and ornithopter likes 
And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, are there enough unique ones of those to form a commander deck? And I was sitting there racking my brain. And I'm like, this is something to do once I organize my magic cards again. Uh, uh, if you did a bunch of, like, mirror that generate mana. Like, z- yeah, zero cost artifacts. And, zero and... cost. Yeah, there's baubles and stuff that you can yeah. do it with. Or even, even, like, one or two costers. The issue is tutoring up the Mech Titan core because it's not like that would be your commander. Yeah, well, so then I need, well then I saw tutors. Then I saw that they had two commander decks coming out, and one of them was like a Mech Pilot character, and, and I, I mm-hmm. love the color scheme that they're doing for Come and Go. And I was like, you know, I'm kind of done buying Magic cards like this, but ooh, this looks neat. So I looked up a video review of those commander decks, which very solidly turned me off wanting to buy them. Uh. They apparently are yeah, not very good. <laughs> misprints don't even include what they said that they were going to include. Yeah, um, and, and apparently they play fine, but they are the kind of commander decks where it's like, you could just buy the good cards out of this mm-hmm. and save a lot of money. And I was like, okay, that's that's all I was going to... That means I can, once again, just sit back, not engage with this for a while. But uh, it is the closest I came to spending money on Magic again, because uh, they had so much... Yeah good visual stuff going on. But um I couldn't believe that... the misprint in the commander deck cuz it's like yeah. so it's a ni- so it's an unplayable deck then cuz you put two copies yep. of one of the lands in. <laughs> yep. And removed what could have been actually a high value card out of it. I couldn't cuz I was watching that video going like as long as they're fun to play this will be fine and it was like one of them's okay to play and I was like okay I'm... Uh... and and also these are on the like $40 end of commander precons mm-hmm. and are not as good as some of the ones that are still 20 bucks floating around and I was like ah mm-hmm. this, this should have been a layup y'all oh well <laughs> um can't win every time yeah uh, well, uh, con- and then congrats on your secret. I was going, yeah, I was going to say one other kind of tangent off of that real quick is my gold medal for 2021 came in. So, hell yeah, I've got I've got that, and many thanks to everybody that listens, that donates, anybody that deals with my online stuff that that has donated in the past. Thank you very much. Uh, 2022 campaigns live. Hit me up for the link if you really want. We can get you I, started early on donations. I had hey, a Chris, moment. I had a you moment. Should sign up for 2022. Yeah, I got two emails from Extra Life, and they were not worded in a way that told me, "Oh, you got to you got to sign up for 2022." They're just like, "We did good work last year. Good work." And I was sitting there, and I read them, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yeah." And I read the next one, I was like, "Hell yeah!" And there was this long pause, and I was like, "It's not 2021 anymore, is it?" No, it's not. <laughs> and I'm like. It's not extra life's problem, but I was like, y'all, I don't know how to, you, I can't. This is a form email. It's not like I can tell you to send me one directly. I, I wish one of those emails had kind of just been like, yo, dumbass, it's 2022, update it. <laughs> so I still got to do that. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to go whole hog. I'm still going to maintain the dream of doing extra life tabletop things somehow. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, rolling the potato along though. Uh, TJ, anything else off topic you want to hit up? Uh, on the other side of the Power Ranger coin, I got a hold of the the light the uh, lightning two pack for Astronema and Ecliptor. I'm super tempted by that one. That that's the most tempted I've been by lightning collection in a while. It looks really cool. Yeah, 
Uh, Astronomer's still sitting in the plastic. Uh, I got the first release, so I don't know what to do with this release. What's up with the first release? <laughs> or is she in another two-pack? Uh, so, she was in another two-pack with uh, In Space Red. Okay. Oh, you're yeah, right. And, oh, yeah, and it's her more armored blue hair design. This is purple hair, lighter armor. That's better than some of the other repeats. I'm, I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for like a like a random Silver Ranger pack that has like red hair, bionic thing on her face, mm. like mind like mind control version. I'm uh, I'm still sour about the Psycho Rangers, even though I bought all of them. I'm still sour about how that went. <laughs> I don't know what to do with the spare ones I have. I really don't. I need to look up if there actually are. I I didn't look closely yet. Do you know? Are there any differences with the non five pack ones and the five pack ones? I I haven't looked. I have no idea. It just was so friggin' deflating when that five like it's it's a good thing the five pack came out. I should say, but also it was really deflating because I was kind of like putting in work to get at them as they came out. Uh, and then like two in, they're like five pack, and I'm like, all right, well. <laughs> Anyway, I'm just whining about that. Ecliptor looks friggin' cool. Does, does he, did he turn out in person? I haven't seen one yet. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. He looks fantastic. Like, all I'm, right. Like all the all the green line detail seems to be here. Maybe maybe a little bit on the back that was skipped, but then again, it's been a long time since I looked over Ecliptor's actual costume. I have no idea how accurate yeah. it is. <laughs> Or even if, like, but, there were multiple costumes, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, but, like, joints on him are really nice. Sculpt is really clean. Paint's really good. Like, I'm, I, I am thoroughly happy. What I love is that, like, this set came with some of, like, the most extreme lightning parts yet. All right. Because, like, yeah, because he's, he's got one where it's just, like, literal... He's got one hand with lightning coming out of the fingertips. Which I don't even remember him doing, but I'm going with it because it looks cool. <laughs> I mean, I had the same reaction to the Psycho Rangers lightning hands where I was like, I don't have enough memory to know if they actually shot lightning. I think they did. I think I looked up a clip later. Uh, but it just looks cool, too. It's a it's a yeah. villainous thing to do. Yeah, and, and then there is this... There's this huge, like, electric effect that I'm not even sure what I'm supposed to do with it. Because it's... Wrap it, 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 it has around like a thing. It, <laughs> yeah, that's the, probably the only thing to do. Uh, I gotta look up, like, stock photos, because, like, it, it, cause, like there, there is, like, this big web of blue, of, like, uh, lavender lightning for Astronomer's effect. Ecliptor's got this like purple flame effect that goes around his blade. He's got the lightning hand, and then he's this 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 like this big base of lightning that can wrap around him. He can stand. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it. I want is it? It might be one of the dragon because they 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 put a buttload of giant PVC effect parts in with that uh, the Hascon Dracon whatever Phase Four thing, right? Like the one who came with I all the spare remember. busted helmets. Oh yeah. yeah, I think so. He came with a pile of of effect parts to the point where I didn't buy him because it felt like I was paying 
mostly for those effect parts at a certain point. So, uh, so what I what I have learned what I have learned handling so many loose figures at the toy store is on the Marvel Legends side of things, they will reuse the same effect parts endlessly. Oh yeah, you know any any character with any kind of magic sound. Anything, anything that could be explained in waves has the exact same circular wave effect you can put around the wrist. It just repaints, and like literally a rainbow of colors as I've seen at this point. Lightning Collection, like I've seen so many different effect parts. It feels like a designer at Hasbro is going nuts with like a 3D pen and just whatever shape <laughs> he makes, they mold it. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I, I haven't kept up with Lightning Collection past the first year very well, but I feel like I saw some conversations about when they finally, when people finally saw effect part reuse. Um, it's documented somewhere, but there, there is less of it than one might think, is what I recall. Which is weird, because yeah, a lot of them you just end up wrapping around a weapon, so there's, there's inherently already variants to how that can look. Um. I'm gonna keep an eye out for a clip door. I know, I know he's online places right now as well. But I, I'm, I'm just, I've, I got so, I've got, it's kind of like I got burnt out on Lightning Collection right before a lot of the really exciting villain stuff came out, and it's, so a lot of it I've just been spectating. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm waiting on Squat and Babu to get announced. They're the only ones from the moon they're missing. Well, and Rito, but meh. I wonder if. Well, I just, I shouldn't wonder. They've they've done friggin' Pudgy Pig and King Sphinx. Like, there's there's a lot of monster designs that I guess they could do Rito as well. I still need to pick up Finster. That's that's the, the, the next the, one I think I want to get. What's still what's still screwing with my head is that like Goldar, Ecliptor, and like all all of those like 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 the like the the like the generals like the main monsters that are in with the in with all the all the main villains are fine scale wise and then those monsters of the week <laughs> they're beef that's what they're beefed <laughs> they're uh no here's here's what's happening they have been growing giant for precisely half a second and that's the moment that was captured by those figures <laughs> so they just started growing giant <laughs> so they've they've gained six inches of height <laughs> uh it's more than six inches. King Sphinx, like I've got, like King Sphinx is like at least a head and a half taller than the one in Space Ranger I've got. Twelve inches of, of height. <laughs> it, the like, said, yeah, process like, just began. It's like all of a sudden the suits were designed for basketball players. Yeah, that that's the thing that actually hasn't bothered me that much, only because like I can see. The, I can see the decision of let's make the monsters be really monstrous. It mostly is a bummer, be, specifically because of Goldar, I think, is what makes it a bit of a bummer. It feels yeah. weird that they're taller than... Because I'm fine with them being bigger than the Rangers. Them being bigger than Goldar feels odd, but... I, yeah, I can, especially ones like King Sphinx who fought with Goldar. Yeah. So you have visual example of just how badly scaled these are. It, it definitely makes me go like, well, that's... I guess that's why... Goldar is part of the throne room more than he is part of the a battlefield scene, I guess. Um, for Lightning Collection. But um, I guess just to uh, I'll, I'll pick up the potato. Uh, let's maybe close up after this one. But um, I got a I got a couple other uh, tabletopy things in, 
and uh, just talk up another another game um, system that maybe precisely one person will blink and go, oh, I know what that is. Uh, over at uh, Canadian site, Board Game Bliss, they very suddenly got a bunch of chip theory game things in, which means I was able to... I, I now have an almost complete set of Hoplomachus, which is like a, a Roman gladiator um, skirmish game played entirely with uh, with poker chips that have stat lines and abilities on them. Uh, so I'm only missing a set called Army of One now. I've got everything else, um, which means I've got this... Um, this box for the small Hoplomachus game uh, called Origins, and I've got four poker chip trays inside the box that are almost filled with metal-weighted poker chips and then, like, a couple dice. And then I got three playmats sitting next to the box. This box weighs at least 20 or 30 pounds now. Um, So this is a fun box to have next to my bed just in case someone ever breaks in. I can just hurl it at their head and kill them. Um... (laughs) But the, the fun thing was that the board game Bliss got in the Famel Arena map, which is the third neoprene um, board you can play on, which was very rare, and then board game Bliss suddenly got like ten of them in, so I kind of jumped all over it. Uh, so I got that, I got the premium health chips, which are the metal-weighted health chips to replace all the simple plastic ones, because I'm a freak. Uh, and I got the Blade Edge expansion, which is the only little expansion I was missing. I'm just missing Army of One now, which is some solo co-op stuff. It seems to no longer exist anywhere, except for, like, one person selling it on Board Game Geek for 50 American and shipping. I found that the paperwork was put up as a PDF on Chip Theory Games' site. I'm thinking I'm just going to find photos of all 15 chips and just write them down on adhesive paper and put them over some of the plastic chips I'm not using anymore and just bootleg army of one because <laughs> it's a solo it's a solo set a so only I would be playing it anyway and I want to have a complete set of hoplomachus before the new version comes out and it's annoying me that I'm just missing the one solo set so I'm, I'm probably going to try to bootleg it if I can uh, unless I suddenly see it pop up somewhere but um yeah, uh, if, if anyone is interested in the idea of a solo-friendly, like, gladiator game played on neoprene with metal-weighted poker chips and some dice, uh, look up Hoplomachus Victorum and Remastered. Those are coming out later this year, and uh, they are much more streamlined than what I've got. I, the only reason I wanted to finish up the set of the old version is because I got most of the old version in 2020 um, and played around with it during early pandemic, and... Uh, seeing most of the stuff I didn't have for it show up for sale, I was like, I was like, well, I'm a, I'm a person who collects things. I should collect the rest of this game, even though a remaster is about to come out. So uh, that's what I did. Now, I also bought a copy of Radlands because it looks really good. It's a little two-player card game. Look it up. Very pretty colors. Very Kamigawa Neon Dynasty colors, if I might say. Um, but uh, that brings us to what I'll call uh, the end of the show, because we are approaching uh, our three-hour mark, and that seems like a good place to slam the gavel. So, uh, Aaron and TJ, thanks for joining me once again as we continue on through our fun journey of living in interesting times. Um, and uh, I extend that uh, thanks to all of you who are listening. Um, and also doubly extend that thanks, triply I'm even going to say, to our editor, an army of bees. Uh, don't mess with our editor because they will are literally an army of bees. Would you screw with an army of bees? I wouldn't. Thank goodness that they're working with us and not against us. Uh, either way, stay tuned for more podcasting as we do it, and uh, stay safe out there. And uh, you know, I hope that you can find some happiness 
and I think you can do it. Yes. Was that corny enough? I think that was corny enough. Get me, but you got some badass perpetrators, and they're here to stay.